Previously on Martini Giant. The generation that watch it now, my kids, who knows what they're going to be in 20 years, and they're going to go, sure. oh, man. That's Avengers. Yeah. Remember that? It was just before the pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There were still movie theaters. Remember, they, they remember we saw it in a movie theater? Oh, man. Remember when for 10 straight years, that's all we watched? Yeah. Remember, remember we used to go to a movie theater and watch movies? Like, remember, what's a movie like, theater, you Grandma? You remember, like, remember the banana splits, you know? It's like... <laughs> That's really, it's, I, I really hate those films. And it's like, it's like Tower and Inferno meets Banana Splits. We're not going to remember. Oh, Does the drawing and Eric <laughs> grows a beard. Okay. Yeah, hey. Fair trade. We can do that. I'll stop yeah. drawing. I'll stop drawing. No, don't stop drawing. <laughs> we love this. That's the, how uh, I was the it's ASMR the of you stuff. actually hearing your pencil going. <laughs> it matches with the ASMR of you going to the microphone like that. It's mm-hmm. nice. Or my. My, uh, my whiskey ice. <laughs> I think that we can oh, do it. Yeah, Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 53, which feature two great directors doing not-so-great films. Yes, we are talking about Michael Mann, fantastic director, who did a film in 1983 called The Keep, which is not so great. Uh, called and The Keep uh, features some interesting actors in it. Ian McKellen is in it, believe it or not, a very uh, younger Ian McKellen, and Robert Prosky, who we talk about uh, several times on Martini Giant. And the second film is by Ridley Scott, his 1985 film Legend, starring Tom Cruise, Mia Sarah, Tim Curry, also not so great. Or are they great? That's actually a great discussion. We kind of love how not so great they are and what they actually have to offer. Yes, you're not going to sit here and go, this is one of their greatest films. It certainly is not. But they definitely have some interesting things that happen in these films, uh, and they shouldn't be overlooked necessarily. And therefore, a great discussion to have on Martini Giant. I will also note that this episode was on our Twitch channel. Yes, we are on Twitch, as uh, you guys have been hearing the last few episodes. We did this episode live on Twitch, uh, and we had people participating in our chat room as we did it, which was a lot of fun. And we encourage all of you guys to go and check us out on Twitch as well. All you have to do is get a Twitch account and then go to our Twitch page, and you can join us there. We usually do our our Twitch events uh, 3 p.m., on Saturdays Um, and if we're not recording an episode of Martini Giant we're going to do a watch party which is also fun so our page is twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant again twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant and join us on Twitch keep up with us be part of the conversation be part of the podcast it's a lot of fun uh, again, they, uh, we do them on Saturdays around 3 p.m. And you can just uh, follow us on Twitter and our Facebook page just to get more idea of our schedule. I do want to note that at one point in the podcast, I thought I lost about an hour worth of the podcast due to a mix-up with Squadcast. But I didn't. I was able to salvage it. Uh, you will notice that the sound quality changes a little bit. That's because I just used the backup sound that we got from our Twitch stream. So I was able to salvage a lot of the things. So I didn't actually lose anything. You guys are getting the full experience. You will notice about 35, 40 minutes worth of a change in audio quality, shall we say, in about part of it. But it's still completely understandable. Hopefully you guys will forgive us as we go through this whole process. That being said, please enjoy episode number 53 featuring Michael Mann's The Keep and Ridley Scott's Legend. Our actual podcast. Oh, this, okay. Yeah, oh, we're doing a hey, podcast. Hey, we're yeah. recording the actual podcast hey, too. Hey, Yay! It's hey. the podcast. Sorry. So there's about two minutes of banter that you missed from the Twitch thing, but 
Uh, so to update the podcast listeners, we were just talking about uh, Eric has uh, started Watcher is halfway through. Um, 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 what do you call it? We were just talking about seconds ago. My forty-year-old brand, yes, 40 plus year old brand. Mr. Man said that he fell right. off after about season two. Yeah, it was about the same thing. Yeah, I have to. Uh, Man, I love this Twitch action. It's thing. so exciting, right? I love being able to talk to our it's, audience. This why, Monkey Man? What? Yeah, yeah. Ask, why did you? Why did he drop off after season two? Did and they, by the way, they, while he's while he's uh, waiting for the latency to catch up so he can answer that, I'm going to talk about the fact that I'm going to be drinking a, a Speedway Stout. Speedway Stout? Yes. Oh, that, that's a handsome-looking can right there. Yep. It is a, uh, it is a uh, Imperial Stout uh, with coffee. Nice. And it is um, uh, not low in the alcohol. It's in the double digits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's gonna be a good talk. <laughs> it's, be a, it's, a, it's a yes. It is a coffee stout with twelve percent alcohol. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, no, I was uh, when I when I was mm. a drinker, I was a uh, I was a fan of peanut butter stouts. Peanut yeah, butter stouts. I love them dearly. Or oatmeal stouts too. Oatmeal also stouts good. also fantastic. Also yep. quite fantastic. Uh, Monkey Man has written back and says, "I don't know. Uh, might have been my uh, might have been my wife lost interest. Started to feel repetitive." Uh, yeah. Yeah, because I remember season two when people were talking about it. Like there was some, I thought there was like some sort of writers' uh, strike issue, or there was some sort of slowdown for oh. some reason, or like the show had become such a hit that uh, they had not uh, really prepped season two as much as they would have liked. Mm. Um, but uh, everyone I know who's stuck all the way through uh, was really, really down with it. I certainly like Malik a lot, and um, I'm, I was almost sad when he won. Uh, best actor because that can actually sort oh, of put you in a little yeah. bit of a hole in terms of um, yeah um, you know get, uh, the kinds of work that you get you know what I'm talking about yeah, yeah and for sure. uh, uh, like you see what uh, oh I I think I lost my audio on you guys yeah can oh you can me? you hear us no hello I Dan, cannot hear Dan. you guys there you are you're back okay okay sorry but any technical problems mm-hmm. for shaking this down shaking it down. But yeah, like winning Best Actor is really bad for a lot of people. It's, it's especially bad for people that win Best Actress. Like you can see their careers like kind of uh, crash and burn out a lot after that. Unless you're uh, Meryl Streep or someone like that who really keeps on coming back for it. Like they get into a pattern of trying to reclaim that Oscar. And they make up a bunch of bad career choices and the films don't work. And for guys, they usually end up in sort of shitty action movies. Right. And, um, and uh, uh, that's what seems to be happening to Remy Malek. I'm not sure uh, because he's going to be in the new James Bond movie. And I'm excited right. about that. He'll be a good bad guy. But I was like, this is the start of a long career of playing. Yeah, he's going to Ben Affleck it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly, exactly, you know? And, like, it's a... Uh, He's going to do the next Armageddon. <laughs> right. I mean, like, there's a thing to... Like, I think it's in how... It's it's in how you look at the thing. Like, if you get up there and you... Like, if you've been gunning for an Academy Award, like, your whole life, and you get up there and you get one, um, I imagine after that you feel a little bit of disappointment. Like, it's like there's... You know, like, oh, well, I achieved that, so now what am I doing? And so right. if you don't have a healthy relationship with your work uh, in that way, then getting your getting the prize that you wanted and having it not be really as fulfilling as you expected it to be um, can be depressing. And uh, and for actors trying to reclaim that drug in the, you know, in other kinds of ways can really 
sort of mess up a, a good career. So I, I, I like it when actors win, when actors win best actor or best actress like later in their career. They're usually a lot more stable because uh, they've already sort of built. Like Steve Buscemi can win a best actor, and it's not going to change him from being Steve Buscemi. And well, uh, sure. I mean, he'll be Steve Buscemi. That's that's his job. Sure. Um, but uh, Remy Malik, he's in that tender zone. <laughs> he's a uh, great character actor, and he might be uh, James Bond villains for the rest of his life. Maybe. Who knows? We don't really know. The whole thing. I mean, there was an article my dad sent me today. By the way, it's called. It's from A.O. Scott. You guys, you know who A.O. Scott is, yeah, right? Yeah, New York Times. Yep. Yes. And it's uh, how much do you really miss going to the movies? <laughs> yeah. It's like. Mm. Well, let me put it. Let me answer it this way. I I missed going to the movies long before COVID. And uh, the going to the movies that I'm missing is going to the movies and having a good time going to the movies. I just had that exact conversation. And the thing that I would come up is like the thing that I feel about going to the movies and what I've always what I've been feeling for a long time is that I, f- I just feel like I'm getting ripped off. You are like getting the, ripped off. The minute you walk in the thing, you're paying, you're paying too much yeah, for the ticket. Then the popcorn costs too much. Chris, and then and then you get the same crappy movie every time. It's like, I feel like I'm buying a mattress. It's just not, it's just a, like, I'm never getting a good deal, you know? It's I just, just going to be Chris, a bad, yeah. I, I, I have to say, I agree with you, but there are a lot of times where I've really price check and Whoppers are $15 a box. So if you get multi-month <laughs> balls, they really it's are. True. I mean, That's there's right. no escaping it. You might, Costco, maybe 14 13 Pepsi is, uh, is, uh, is $2 per fluid ounce. Yeah. That's right. Those <laughs> yeah. are the those are current market costs. So yeah. not so much the well, concessions. I mean, the thing is, I mean, like it, to use to, for all the fracking they use to try to get the Pepsi out of the ground, it obviously they have to pass the cost on somewhere, and right. that's what's happening. But yeah, like the like uh, movies, you know, movies have destroyed the movie theater experience destroyed itself because it was like, and this is all the the studio's fault, by the way, in my opinion. Because like the the movie theaters are just trying to make their buck back because the rentals are so expensive and the deal is so crappy. Because you have like you get uh, when you rent a movie when you say you rent a whatever a, a Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. uh, like you have to give away your first two weeks, like ninety percent right of your to, to the studios, ninety percent to the studios, right? And then after that it, it reverses, then it's ninety ninety percent to you. But after that everyone's that's why movies are out of the theater in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, they, like well, they the, they, the theater, they yeah. design movies to be out of the theaters in two weeks. Like you, like most middle middle of the road movies were designed to sort of go in, clean up for two weeks, and then be gone because that kept the theaters in the rotation of having to give you ninety percent all the time. Right. So things were just sort of like they'd fill that fill the slate with things that were kind of like fine, right. you know. Uh, and uh, they kind of the, the studios kind of treated. The theater owners and chains, kind of like the way the mob treated their hitmen. You know, yeah. they're yeah. expendable, but they still needed them. And yeah. for some reason, it's like they really kind of screwed them over over the years with the deals. Like, oh, we're going to give you this for two weeks, where we get ninety percent. Then we're going to give you crap, four crappy yeah. movies. You got to run for a month. Yeah, exactly. And, and it pinched them in the corners, so they just. You know, don't blame them. They all right. Let's charge a hundred dollars for popcorn. Hundred dollars for I mean, like like they when you when you're spending eight bucks for a Toblerone, like hey, it's a fancy chocolate. I understand, but still, it's not that damn fancy. I never <laughs> yeah. buy Toblerone. I only buy Toblerone at the airport. That's the, the airport. only place it's tolerable to buy Toblerone. <laughs> That's right. By the way, or, we should or, mention or it. Yes, yeah, we should mention it. We are going to talk about and this was uh, I forgot. 
who who are which one of our Twitch followers was uh, suggesting it? That would be Dave Three D Guys suggested this. Dave Three D Guys, right? And it's The Keep from 1983 and Legend. And by the way, did you guys uh, uh, watch those movies on the Twitch besides the three of us? Is anyone else on Twitch prepped and watched these movies? <laughs> Everyone, no one else owns a copy of The Keep like I do? Never. Uh, by the I'm way, sure. Chris and Dan, the guy that I'm working with right now actually produced that film. Really? No the Keep. Which the one? Keep. The Keep? Yeah. Wow. Okay, you give him a big hug for me. Once it's cooked, it's safe. <laughs> His uh, name. Most time. I was like, Gene. I was like, what? <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, yes. Jason saying, most times audience members and overcranked uh, volume ruined going to theaters for me back in the 90s uh, and never got better. And then uh, the staggering uh, rehash of scripts formulas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, much agreed. Much agreed. I mean, I think that the, like, with the, with the, the death spiral they really got into has to do with superhero movies. And blockbusters, yeah. um, because like they uh, like once you once they you start were making money on it, that's the problem. Well, they yeah. The thing is, like they were like uh, like you you get addicted to the amount of money that that's making, and it becomes the only kind of film that you can service after a while. And no offense to the audience for superhero movies, it's just a very broad audience. And when you uh, when that is lo- yeah, when you when you when you start designing for that, like it's going to bring everything else to um you know sort of like there's no there's no variance in the in the kinds of movies that get made anymore right you know and there's and also you're getting more of a like the crowd is like you know uh is it's more like the crowd uh, if you're going to you know whatever uh like um you know uh uh disneyland you know like it's you know people are just going to be sort of pushy and slobby and like they're they're there because this is sort of like a a hang, you know, like hanging out time for the family in a theme park. It's not because where is where is the Mister Toad's Wild Ride? Yeah, we don't have that <laughs> yeah. anymore. And so, like, they're not really there to see the movie in the way that, say, you're there to see the movie. Uh, but now everyone's just all mixed up in the same boat, and nobody's enjoying the experience together anymore. And once you're not enjoying the experience together, like, there's no point in paying fifteen bucks for it. Like, you'd rather stay at home. And, you know, that's because people start to talk about, like, you know, people, you know, on their cell phones and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, like, I can't blame them. They're not thinking about movies the way that I think about movies. Like, I go to the movies because I'm there to see the movie. They're doing it because they're fucking off and hanging out with their friends. Right. Like, of course, they're going to be on their cell phone. Like, that's a, that's what I do when I'm hanging out with my friends. You um, know what's strange? Uh, by the way, I was talking about it with Lily uh, during our, our, you know, our, our anime thing. She was very upset or not upset she was disappointed that we didn't have strong reactions when we were watching the promised neverland she was like during the big reveals she was like looking over at us to see if we had a big strong reaction (laughs) and we were like okay you know and that kind of disappointed her i told her it was a good movie i was like i just don't do that right i don't have necessarily a big like oh my god right What's interesting, you know, we were talking about, you know, crowds in movies and how we don't like crowds or Jason does at least, you know, but it was like the, the kids now, kids these days, kids these I, days, what they what, what Lily was doing, her friend, what she was watching Promise Neverland, which her, her friend told her to do. And her friend said, when you get to this part, film your reaction. Like she wanted right. to be filmed watching it so it's almost like 
they overact their reaction as part of their excitement of it. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. Yeah, and I don't think this is I don't think that's a generational thing. I think that's more just more common for everybody right now. Like, really? Because, like, Are people yeah. filming themselves watching movies? Yeah, we're literally we're filming ourselves right now. Like, I mean, like this is yeah, like it's that's, true. That's the way that, that culture is. Going. <laughs> I watch. I they watch. got me there, Dan. <laughs> There's a couple people I've been watching for a few years where they just play music that they've never heard before. Uh, Lost in Vegas is good. Those guys are good. And they're two African-American guys in Vegas, and they've never, you know, they grew up on a different generation, different music. So they just do 60s and 70s rock, and they just play it like I've never heard it. Somebody emails, and they're just like, what? You know, they'll play right. Jamie's Crying, you know, from Van Halen, or right. ain't talking right. about love. And they're like, who is this guitarist, man? Oh, I've heard his name, but man, you know, it's stuff like that. And you just film the reactions, and it's actually quite good. Right. Interesting. Well, and I, and I don't think that like the reactions that people Lost are, in Vegas, it's cool. Like I, I don't think that the reactions that people are filming of themselves during these things and putting up on the net or whatever it is, or say like what Lily is doing for Promise Neverland. I don't think they're dishonest. Like I think they're. No. I think I think it's performative. I mean, you're just sort of like you're, you're feeling you're you're feeling something inside, and you want to show people that you are feeling that strong thing on the outside, you know. And so you sort of like you're projecting a little bit harder outwardly then if you're it's the same thing happens with like jokes and like if you're watching a funny movie by yourself the chances of you actually laughing are almost not not at all even if you're enjoying it like people laugh when they're with other people that's a way that we communicate really that too yeah yeah like i mean See, like i the, talk like, to myself a lot and i, I sincerely say that but yeah, you do that because you're a good listener and i no, no no i talk to myself a lot and i come up with some great routines and like ideas and I make myself laugh. I'm like, God, that's genius. Or just laughing to myself. And it's like, or old Woody Allen routines. I listen, I'm just laughing to myself. Um, I get, that's kind of weird. I guess maybe because. Well, I think everyone uh, laughs a little bit, you know, like if if something really strikes you, everyone laughs a little bit, like in the middle of a good movie that I'm watching. I was walking across the street and I pushed this old lady down. I remember oh, laughing. I saw the I video. Was that was hysterical. That was I laughed great. to myself because yeah. she couldn't get up. I sent she you a reaction video she, she of me watching you. Oh. Think that, yeah. <laughs> it was a little performative, Chris, I'm saying. Clockwork 2020. Right. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Right? And they don't have any of it. What's that line for yeah, clockwork? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pay no attention to good manners no more. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that's, I do think that's pretty interesting and I think that's a, it's indicative of like, uh, you know, like, I don't think, it, like I said, I don't think it's dishonest. I think uh, that we're just, we're communicating a lot in a way, you know, because we're communicating digitally, um, we need to make sure that it's coming across. And so we push it a little bit harder than we would if it were face to face. You know, like if you're sitting there with somebody and watching a, a big you know, reveal and whatever you're watching, you know, Silence Lambs or Psycho or whatever it is, like you are going to be physically aware of their surprise even if they're not like making a big deal out of it you can like you can feel the tone change when you're sitting right next to them you know but like if you're on a video like, i'm like i'm operating around six frames a second right now like <laughs> like it's hard to tell exactly how i feel you know that's just the way that it works but it's just not, but en- it, just enough just yeah, enough. just enough just enough thrawn is only good for a few frames per second i do wonder like how i can i mean we've we're slowly getting better at twitch this is only our second official twitch that we've put out here oh shashu's here see oh shashu yeah shashu should get his own mic dude i know i can already hear that i love shashu happy little dog look at him 16 
16 that years is old. A beautiful little dog. Are you okay. going to give him a sweet 16 birthday? Yes, and get him like a white Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> what I really enjoy is it looks like with the Martini Giant logo over on top of him, it looks like you're trying to give him a drink from a martini. It's very pleasant. It's <laughs> laughing. Uh, and uh, we have uh, uh, Jason says, uh, uh, Y2 reaction videos are huge. Yeah, it's true. I, like, I, I actually watch a bunch. Uh, uh, for a couple of particular movies, I love watching the thing reaction videos is hysterical huh. to me. And, um, uh, there was another, oh, the exorcist is another, and I'm watching a lot of those cause of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, the thing ones are always pretty great when you see, uh, you know, younger people that haven't seen that movie and like, it's they just don't even know what to film. think. It's just like mind blowing, even though like, but those effects are dated by today's standards. It's just not something you do in a movie anymore, no. you know? Thanks very much. I just got handed a Starbucks. Look at that. See? Look at that. My family loves me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, that that level of uh, intensity, like sudden craziness, is a little alien, I think, to most people today. Uh, and 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 stories are more sculpted to set you up for those surprises. Uh, yeah. But you know, in the thing, like dog's face turns into a banana. That's a little wild. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Yep. Yeah, that's oh, a that's beautiful a movie. movie. That's one of my very favorites. I would say that's probably top five. Uh, yeah. The 88 version, I'm assuming. The 80, yeah, 82. Yep. 82 version, sorry. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. Lily Lily watched it with, with Karen. When, when Brady and I went on a fishing trip, uh, they watched it because Brady's not necessarily a huge fan of horror films, so we've been trying to find kind of funny horror films that he could oh, sure. watch. Right. I think yesterday Karen and Brady watched uh, Death Becomes Her, so that was oh, a that's good, funny. Yeah, it's that's cute. a good one. Yeah, it's a good. One. Um, yeah. Okay, so I, I we 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 can diverge a little bit, but let's try to hit some of these things a little bit. And I want to talk about Legend a little bit before we get into the keep, just to to give some. It's a little bit of story behind Legend for me, my personal story behind it. So the first time I saw it was actually in theaters and. Uh, what is it? You said it was 86, right? So I was uh, 15, right? And I went out with a bunch of buddies and we went to go see it. And to us, or to me at least, it was gorgeous. <laughs> it still is. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Right? That is a very well shot film. It like, is gorgeous. The yeah. story is very awkward to watch now. I think when I was 15, I was way more forgiving of the story. Uh, plus, Mia Sarah was beautiful. Hot. <laughs> she was so hot oh, when she was. Fabulous. I know, uh, but when she was with, uh, what's his name from, uh, when she had the black lipstick. Oh my God. Oh my God, dude. She was so freaking, she was so hot. But I got to say, a big uh, shout out, too, for the director of photography, Maxfield Parrish. He was unbelievable. <laughs> it's, and, it's great that he made, a, made such a shift from late 1890s painting to uh, that's right. modern cinematography. <laughs> yeah, he was right. wonderful DP. Um, really great. I was like, whoever owned the flower company that l- basically provided all the prop petals, he's probably made a <laughs> yeah. fortune. Or the and fan like, company. <laughs> oh my God! Those guys like cleaned up think, like fresh they, flowers every morning for. I think that you know, they were literally they had a deal with a pillow company and they were throwing pillows into a giant steel fan. I think that was what the uh, the actual effect was. <laughs> well, okay, so it was interesting 
So, so, so I, I love that film and I had this memory of it, of like just absolutely loving it and compelling to do it. And then, uh, around, uh, 97 or so, uh, 98, I was, uh, teaching, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the story is, uh, only awkward because the movie used to be four hours, but now it's got trimmed down to two. Trimmed down to two. Now, is that also true? For is that really that's, true? That's definitely true for the keep. For the keep. Yeah. yeah, that's the, that's true for the keep. It might also be true for legend. Um, but certainly I don't like, know. like, I think that like the legend is a, like the keep has, has its own problems. Legend has very specific problems that are. That seem congenital to Ridley Scott, and I love Ridley Scott. Like I love him. And this I is from our, one of our Twitch followers, this is Pastrami Marina. But uh, yes, okay, well, let me let me finish. Let me finish the story. So, so yeah, around 90, 97 or so, you know, I was teaching at Rice University. So just after I graduated, uh, and uh, they hired me to teach uh, uh, CG and animation classes uh, at the architecture school. And uh, so I, 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 I help with like some basic 3D classes and help people do, you know, how to do some 3D and everything. And then the, the, the advanced class was how to do animations for architecture. And so I decided I wasn't just going to teach them here's how to animate a camera and how to do that. I was going to teach them like let's think about the style of animation for architecture because at this point architects had no idea how to be filmmakers. They were given a, a tool to do animation in CG, but they had no idea how to be filmmakers and I thought it's like there's a lot of things that we can learn from filmmaking about how to use things, especially for architects, that would be very powerful for them to to learn and to use in this area. So I I would do every now and then I would show a film and say uh, showed it to them and and, and say you know I want to show this film to you because of this you know so I actually showed like Citizen Kane to show about camera camera angles on camera composition because I thought it was very powerful there's a lot of really great architecture shots uh, uh, in, in Citizen Kane no oh, without a doubt yeah. but, <laughs> and, and people always try to pick like a Jacques Tati film or whatever I was like let's go all the way back to Citizen Kane on this one but then the one that really uh, 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 the one that really I did I, I showed them Legend mm-hmm and I showed it to them for the use of color <laughs> mm-hmm. because color was such an important narrative point, like of mood and everything else. Like, I mean, it's almost too much, but it was unbelievable how powerful the color in that film was. And I remember oh, yeah. as, as I watched it, I mean, nowadays we do films that are way more powerful, you know, like, you know, uh, what dreams may come is even more powerful than that in some cases. But those but, are digitally controlled colors at a certain point. Right. Yeah. This was... This is like Constant, practical. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was gorgeous, and 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 uh, the you know you have the the very bright colors, you have the blue colors, you have the white colors, yeah. you have the black or lack of color, and everything mm-hmm. is silhouetted. It, that that the black scene was incredible, um, and I, I remember actually you know when I was watching when I was fifteen, my friend and I, we would we would recreate like as a as a sort of thing to ourselves, we would walk toe to heel to recreate the scene of uh, Tim Curry coming out of the mirror. Like, because, Oh of yeah, the, it's great. Like yeah. it was like, it was like, Oh, that's such a, like that to us, that was like a, like a three point stance. Like it was the coolest thing. Yep. Boom, boom. You know? Yep. And that was just the way, yeah, it was to us. It was incredible. Now looking at it now, like, yeah, the story is. Hard well, to there's, watch, it's but... well, the thing is that there's <laughs> to, the note on the story is that the problem with the story isn't that it's simple. It's, it's very simple. It's very simple. Uh, um, the problem with the story is that 
it um, doesn't feel uh, honest. Like, it feels hokey. Uh, and, uh, like, it doesn't, like, there's great sequences, like, incredible sequences in this movie. Like, the the, 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 the black uh, dress dancing sequence is amazing, and, like, the, everything with Tim Curry is incredible, and all this stuff. But there's a... Honestly, um, all of it, there's even almost all of it if you if you look at the acting as much not you know much more theatrical which i definitely think it is right. the acting itself is actually not no, bad it's very either. good yeah no everyone's <laughs> everyone's doing a good job it's yeah. just like there's 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 a quality to it that seems Script. Uh, yeah it's like the difference yeah it's the difference between like the lord of the rings and the hobbit you know mm. like the hobbit doesn't work and it feels like they're not really they don't really believe in it you know, and I and I get the same. Rewatching Legend, I'm like, you know, because I feel the same way. I like I like this movie a lot more when I was younger. Now I'm like blown away by what it looks like. Like I'm just like, this is incredibly difficult to do, and all these shots are beautifully sculpted. And you know, it's like it's a pleasure to watch this thing. It's like it's like watching. It's like I also love watching Prometheus. Like I'll, I'll put on Prometheus with the sound off, and I'll um, and I'll and I'll just play some music and have Prometheus on because it's incredibly beautiful. Do and you I think, think it's that, editorial. Yeah, yeah. Well, part, partly, yeah. It just seems like there's. It just seemed fractured in terms of storyline for me, mm-hmm. which took away from their performances. And it, I was like, I, some moments where I couldn't follow, and it was, and just like in the keep, right? Mm-hmm. It and it jumps, and I'm wondering if that's just editorial because you know it's well, such the, a beautiful the, film that you think that they're both very jumpy for different reasons. Like Terry Rollings is the editor on uh, Legend, and he's a great editor. He's one of the great editors of all time. Uh, he did. He also uh, edited Blade Runner, for instance. But like, um, I think that there's really nothing to hold on to. Like, it's a very shallow, shallow movie, you know. And like, there's no uh, the actors on. Yeah, the actors are really trying for it, but they're not. There's just nothing to really sell, you know. And so it's like it's a beautiful looking movie. And and the thing is, like Ridley Scott, you know, like a third of his movies fall into this category. Like all of his movies are really well produced and incredibly well photographed, which is Ridley Scott, you know, and he's in there because he wants to sculpt this incredible world. Um, but he's more than happy to go ahead without a fully baked script. And this happens, you know, this, you know, every now and again, you get a, a, one of the best movies ever made from him. And then most of the time you get a good movie. And then every now and again, you get a, a legend where you're like, I will definitely come back and keep on watching this thing, but it's so uh, hard to invest in. But I think there's something to me, like what's interesting about legend is like, I still, for some reason, when I was 15 years old, it was one of those very powerful films. And I watch it now. I feel awkward. I feel embarrassed to watch it. Because it was a very sensual movie. There was a sexuality to like the way the characters were and the lighting and everything. Oh, Tim Curry in particular, right? Yeah. He was like Tom. Yeah. I felt like Tim Curry, they pulled from Tom of Finland. Right, 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 right. Like, totally. the yeah, horns yeah. were like Tom of Finland's, um, yep. like, those police bat yep. rams or the penises that, that yep. Tom of Finland drew. Yep. So there was a lot of, like, wow, that is total Tom it's, of yeah, Finland. Beautiful, and I actually loved her. Yeah. She was so sexy. And there was a sexuality to him that I really the, loved. The, the two of them and in their scenes together are unstoppable. Are beautiful. Yeah, yeah because totally also, agree. like, the synthetic quality of the materials on him was so, like, um, like S&M. And I just was yep. really, I was like, cool. Oh, it's wonderful. But then, yep. then, you know, you have the little Muppet stuff. You know what's interesting? And a lot of it. She, a lot she of it. went off to marry. She's married to Jim Henson's son. Yeah, I told you that. Mm-hmm. We talked about that on the. That's on crazy. The like Blue after Blue. like all those kind of, um, you know, like Muppets. Yeah, I know. 
Like, I think that's the, the real flaw in this movie for me is that, you know, and I love Tom Cruise movies, is like, Tom Cruise doesn't have a lot to do in this except yeah, sort of and he looks a little and run around. He looks you know. really puny. He, look, he looks stick like. He does uh, look like I look. I look more buff than Tom Cruise in yeah. this movie, and I <laughs> like, am not buff. <laughs> he's like he doesn't have a lot to do, and his uh, all of his uh, like his team is not very entertaining. They're this was annoying. after this was after Risky Business, right? I think so. Before maybe yeah, it's hard mm-hmm. to tell. I think it's after. It's eighty six. No, it's eighty six. Yeah. Wow. No. Okay. This um, is eighty six. So, so, it's so after. I think it's after. It's after. It's, it's after. after. Yeah. Right. Like no, the keep is eighty three. Kate keeps eighty three. They like the uh, but Cruz uh, Cruz's character doesn't have anything to work with. Uh, no. By yeah. the way, yes, he doesn't have anything. But I want to just note that the keep, legend, and risky mm-hmm. business all have one thing in common: tangerine dream. No, tangerine, tangerine dream. dream. Absolutely. I was going to bring this up. <laughs> That's like Tangerine Dream, the unsung heroes of a late seventies, early eighties film. <sighs> Beautiful Between, stuff, man. Oh, oh the God, music like, is so good. Incredible. Incredible. I worked with music, for the producer yeah, of stuff. Risky Business years ago and he um told me how they recorded it in like an old old uh, empty cathedral in uh, Germany. I and think so I didn't, yeah. no heat. Oh man. I, I also Keep it on toes. I also <laughs> think that uh I uh uh the, the train scene on Risky Business uh, uh, took me through all of puberty in about two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly at the end of the movie, you have a beard. I have a beard. <laughs> oh, I discovered everything yeah. about mankind and yeah, my purpose, right. my true purpose yeah. in life. Yeah. Or as Steve Martin would say, your special purpose. My special purpose. No, guys, I was going to tell you something that You're, I watched. Can you, can you move your camera back up? Because I only see your chin. Can you see? Okay. No, your chin. No, your camera. There you go. There you go. A little higher. I watched a movie recently, and it was um, – I'll think of it. I totally spaced. But it, it, there was a reference to um, – Risky Business and the train sequence? It was a reference to Risky Business. Yeah. With Becky? Man, uh, you guys really no, know this movie. No, it was um, – <laughs> What? <laughs> no, The Color of Money. Okay? Oh, yeah? The Color of Money. The That's color. I love that movie, and I rewatched it recently. And in it, Tom Cruise met his girlfriend. Okay, and that the girl in the movie is um, Master Elizabeth. Uh, Master Antonio. Yeah, I think that's her. Right. And Tom Rob, um, Paul Newman says, "How'd you guys meet?" She's like, "I met him at a believe it or not at a police station because his house was robbed by some pimp or something." And it was like that is a direct reference to. Risky business. Risky business. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting. And that's that was eighty five. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, Cruise. I've always loved Cruise. I, I will always see Tom Cruise movies, uh, regardless of whatever sort of social situation and how people think of him. Like, that guy is a guarantee, almost a guarantee of an entertaining movie. Um, but this is before he got on the the, the good choice train. <laughs> like, he still makes he still makes some decent choices. Good movie. Oh, yeah, now he yeah. does. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like he's he rarely has a clunker these days. Like his last like eight films have been good. Yeah. The only movie that I was disappointed in from Tom Cruise was the sequel to Jack Reacher, which was terrible. What's the uh, one he did with what's her name? Where it was, ugh, uh, him and oh, what's what's her name from uh, something about Mary? Oh, that's actually pretty good. Night and day. Night and day. Was that any yeah. good? Yeah, it's okay. Oh. It's not bad. 
It's it's by the same director as uh, his time travel movie. I, I think anyway. I might be counting that wrong. Oh, uh, 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 that one's fabulous. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Edge one of, of my tomorrow. favorites. Edge of Tomorrow, like the worst oh. title ever. But I'd like like that for people that don't know, Edge of Tomorrow, Tom Cruise now is known as uh, Live Die Repeat. Like if you go to Amazon, it says Live Die Repeat like up front, and then <laughs> the subtitle is. The Edge of Tomorrow is, is Edge of Tomorrow, um, which we, so, by the way, we talked about on the on the uh, uh, War of the Worlds episode with Brady. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we that's talked right. about it quite a bit. Yep. And yep. Uh, but yeah, like he like Cruise like even like Oblivion, which is a little shaky, is still a good movie. Like it has like shaky moments, but it's a really it's an interesting choice, and it's a, and it's a good movie that people are starting to enjoy now. Like people have, just didn't go to see it. You know, yeah. um, but it's sort of like an interesting Twilight Zone kind of. Did we episode, did we mention that of, that uh, that uh, a Real Steel is like the number oh, three trending movie on on Netflix? Big right now. props to a Real Steel. Oh man, I was so proud of working on that thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was part of the team that uh, designed and built the uh, stadiums. Yes. Uh, so that's uh, that's a lot of my concept in there, and uh, uh, just my look, dev. yeah, a lot of your look, Dev. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah, it's really, really fun. That was a great fun show. Like to see that when I when I turned on Netflix and I thought I was like, that's the first. I was like, what is that feeling? Oh, it's pride. <laughs> see, what is that feeling? <laughs> yeah, man, I'm mad, dude. Pride yeah, is, that, pride is it's, okay. It's uh, it felt good. It felt good. It's, pride uh, pride it's, is a feeling that we owe ourselves sometimes. It's true, and it's and it's not a feel. It's here's the thing. I think I think a lot of people confuse pride for. Uh, uh, ego, and uh, it's okay. It's okay to feel proud of what you do. You know? Absolutely, it's it's okay to like like your own stuff. Like I think that artists have a hard time with that. They have a sometimes. terrible. T- well, the thing is, like what you're bringing up, and I and I totally agree with you. Is like because to me, the opposite of pride is being egotistical. That means you're not secure in how you feel about something. Like you need, if you need other people to praise you, you need validation. Yes. If you need validation, then you don't actually feel pride. You are just concerned about what people think of you. Whereas like, uh, like people, you know, like get on directors, like Tarantino's like, Oh yeah, I watch my movies all the time. I'm like, yeah, so that's, so do I, like, I, 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 that's why I made the movie. Like it's a movie that I'd like to see. Right. You know, and it feels, it feels good. It doesn't mean, you know, it's the greatest thing ever made. It's just that it's very suited to my taste since I made it. Of course, I'm going to watch the thing. Yep. You know? And but uh, but real steel is one of those things where that bombed. Uh, I felt sad because it was incredible. Did it bomb? It, it it soft bombed. Yeah, soft bomb. Okay. Uh, it had an okay opening weekend, but no legs, and people just sort of forgot about it. And the uh, and it was wonderful working on that team. Like Eric, Eric Nash was amazing, and yeah. like the whole crew, Justin Van Eric Nash, nice stuff. guy. Uh, great guy, great great dude to work for. And the and when when it didn't do well, I. That was the one of the few movies I was like I felt like, ugh, life is unfair sometimes. Like that movie should do well. It's a good movie. We did great work. That's the thing, though. I don't actually want to be part of a system where I'm sitting there hoping that people buy tickets to your movie. Yeah, like, no doubt. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like that. That's actually a problem in itself. Like the and here's the thing, right? Real Steel is a really great film that is underseen, and suddenly it's a big thing on Netflix, right? Right. That's great. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. There is a life that is, exists beyond the movie theater. Now, I know right. that, 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 that cult followings or cult classics, you know, Blade Runner is another example, et cetera, mm-hmm. are good. But there is something about the streaming practice that is going to refresh 
some things that maybe have been overlooked and right. and, and put that in front of people. So. No, you, I think you're right. I think that like is like the the way that people like for instance like I know uh, a lot of people have been asking me if I've seen um, uh, Blind Manor on Netflix, and I really liked Haunting at Hill House, and like. It's just I like I know it's out there and I'm going to get to it and I'm excited to do it when I get there. But there's right. no like opening weekend rush yet, and so like uh, things can just breathe, and you can have room and time to go after them now. Right, and it, and it changes your attitude towards the movie because like you know it it used to be like it was opening weekend or bust, and after that it was spoilers, you know spoilers. But like now you just don't get that anymore. Like I don't see any like hot spoiler discussions about anything anymore. You know, people are like, I'll talk about it when I talk about it because I'll get to it when I get to it. And, right. uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sort of a calmer way to approach the media you consume. I think it's kind of right. nice. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly excited with what we're doing, honestly. Yep. So, um, I will, I will be most happy when Repo Man is number three on Netflix. If that ever happens, <laughs> that's my dream come true. Right. <laughs> I actually know somebody who will probably be very happy about that. Oh, I love that movie. Probably so make a little more money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. do you know the producer of Repo Man as well? No, Dickie Rude is an old friend of mine. Oh, okay. yeah, there you go. And Dickie, oh. I've I love Dickie and uh, uh I got to actually give him a call, but he's uh yeah, he's wonderful. And so he was in that. Oh, man. He has I great am... stories, man, cuz he worked on he was on Street to Hell. Oh, yeah. And um Oh, hey, you know, I wanted to ask you, I did not know, I'm, I don't remember if I knew this, but I definitely forgot it when the, up until like the middle of watching it. Do you, uh, Driller Killer, have you seen Driller Killer? That's uh, Abel Ferrar. I didn't know it was Ferraro when I was watching yeah. it. And yeah. uh, I was, I was because it was on the 70s uh, horror list for Criterion, and uh, I, you know, it was, it was just that, the thing that was next, and I started watching it, and I was like, this is really this is sort of surprisingly good, and it has like um, gritty. It has this, yeah, it's like really gritty and really represents like uh, New York in the late seventies, early eighties in a way that I knew you would appreciate, right? I was thinking this is an Eric movie, you know, it's like so it's like Smithereens and shit like that, where it's like the, that really like documentary wow. flavor captures the punk scene really well, lots of band stuff, artists, and then like halfway through, I was like. There's no way I don't know the director that made this because this is too well made, and of course it's fucking Abel Ferrara. And it was of there's course also one he did after, which was um, Mrs. Forty Five. Yes, that's a good movie. That's a really good movie. It's a good movie. Vicious movie. I mean, these are really hard, hard vicious movies. People, so like, be careful. Come on, <laughs> they're, man. They're really, really, really good. Really good. And uh, yeah, I was I was pretty stoked with that one, man. I had uh, I think I maybe saw Driller Killer when I was like seventeen. Or something like that, and I was like, oh, "There's not enough drilling and killing." <laughs> but now I'm like, "That is a weird work of art right there. That's a strange yes. ass movie." Yeah, strange. But I got to get you through all those watching. films. Yeah, oh, I, I, yeah, I, I got. I'm just so obsessed now with um, Mr. Robot. Oh that yeah, I, I got. But I have to get back to to the because I started. I trog. Oh yeah, Trog. <laughs> Jesus, man. I mean, come on. It's that is, like That's a bad film. <laughs> it's a it's but it's so like holy kadoozler and it's like you know it's she so needs funny. the cash. Oh, so man. it's like yeah, okay. And the thing uh, is to to give her some props, right? This is Joan Crawford we're talking about. I do. About. And uh like to give her some props. Like she is uh like she doesn't even know what 
she's saying. Like, she's just speaking dialing these lines out loud, dialing yeah. it in. And she's still pretty good. Like, <laughs> it was like, you know, she's way better than Trog deserves. I'll, I'll definitely yeah. give it that. I'll definitely the, give it that. We call that the, uh, uh, um, uh, what's the name? Uh, Michael, um, Michael Caine effect. Michael Caine, exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and tangential to that, uh, Batman's butler from the Tim Burton uh, Batman is also in Trog. And I was just like, like the British know how to be actors, how like as a profession. Like they just go for it. They're just like, I'm here to do my goddamn job. And I'm going to yep. do it. And it like everyone's doing a good job. It's just so the dumbest she, book though. you could you possibly could see. Exactly. You could exactly. tell she's just dialing it in. Yeah. Like no, like, nobody, nobody, nobody thinks they're in a good movie, but no one's going to embarrass themselves by being bad at it. Everyone's trying their best to toe the line. And only Joan Crawford is like it's the worst Joan Crawford you'll ever see, but she's still okay. I think that the uh, the still. The best goes to Trog himself, though, because oh. obviously that head must have weighed like 40 pounds. <laughs> and that guy doing anything, that skinny little dude wearing that fake head. Well, I was Man. reading about um, Curry, Tim Curry's for, um, oh, for Legend. legend. Mm-hmm. It was he'd have to soak in a bath for an hour after doing that because it oh, was yeah, so sure. heavy. And one time he got so impatient that he ripped it off, but he ripped off all his skin. Oh, God, that's <gasps> awful. Ugh. So they had to stop shooting for a week his scenes because he literally ripped all his skin off. He just got yeah. really like, I got to get this off. And he ripped, and it just took a layer of skin off his body. Oh, you get really claustrophobic when you're in stuff like that. I've, I've, been, well, I've the, been there. The, Weird. The, 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 the makeup was like top Beautiful. Notch. It's unbelievable. And, of course, that is uh, Rob Across Bettine. the board. Rob Bettine did the thing. And Total Recall. Right. And like uh and I think that like to refine what we were saying earlier, like uh the good movie here that Ridley Scott clearly wanted to make is Darkness and Mia Sara. Like yep. that's that is the movie he's that actually was the sexiest there to, part of the movie, yeah. Like there's so much attention to making a not just a well shot movie, but a really spooky, sexual, intense weird fairy tale out of those two that the rest of the movie is like come on so yeah. i actually had heard years ago that uh and i don't want to spread rumors about you dan that's not my style no no no, okay. no please please, please. Um, I spread them. but i had heard years ago the studio was pushing crews so much that it dominated <laughs> uh that kind of the way it was made uh yeah it kind of feels like that like he's you know like I mean? he, just, there's no like point he didn't have enough scenes and right. they pushed push every which way to give him as enough because that was their big uh the big guns they wanted right him to be, and so but, they pushed him when did, on when, did, when did top gun come out like is it before or 87 after? It's, yeah it's real close okay to this. okay yeah. so so 86 87 which is weird because he he looks y- younger in this film than he did in top gun okay guapo uh, uh, uh. In, he but so so you're okay think about it tom cruise top gun Tangerine Dream from Risky Business, like mm-hmm. that was the marketing department. <laughs> right? Yeah, dude. Those yeah. were the pushes from the marketing department. Yeah. Now, the music was still really good. Oh, by the yeah. way, we got a note from Jason. It says, late comment. Tangerine Dream. Speaking of Tangerine Dream, uh, well, Chris Frankie uh, and Michael Mann uh, appreciation, uh, J. Michael Straczynski. Straczynski 
is going to be doing a monthly Twitch stream uh, providing commentary and oh, Q&A nice. for episodes of Babylon 5. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, great. He's yet to figure out Twitch or OBS, so he's also venturing forth. <laughs> and he's having the same problems he's we have. He's having the nice. same problem we're having. So <laughs> may, may, if anyone knows uh, nice. Michael, uh, uh, <laughs> J. Michael Straczynski, have him get in touch with us, and uh, oh, we yeah, can help absolutely. him give him his, his, you know, his, the guidance that he's looking for. I'm also a big Babylon 5, and he, he's done a lot of stuff outside of Babylon 5, and he's a really, really great writer uh, and very, very pro. Uh, Are you a big Bab 5 guy? I am. I, that's that's one of this, and this this will probably come up when we talk about the keep. The uh, like, I have, uh, I love when things have great intention, and that's more romantic to me than than quality filmmaking. I and used I think to that, like that, and yeah. I don't mean to be harsh on Babylon Five, but like Babylon Five had its limitations. It was very, it was groundbreaking for its time, but now when you watch it, it has very, very severe limitations. You can see very clearly because it's before anything like that had happened, before Battlestar Galactica and all that stuff. Right. Um, but I went then, to the set of that. I remember going to the set of that when I first came out to California because I worked for John Iacovelli, who went to NYU years before me, but he hired me right. um, when I first moved out to L.A. and going to the Bab 5 set, and I worked for him. That's where I went to Malta, but he designed Bab 5. Oh, Bab nice. 5. And yeah. I, I, I loved his designs, and he's a great um, production designer, but... I, I just never got into the stories and stuff. I was like, ugh. Yeah, well, like stuff. this. Yeah, like, well, the thing you don't is like that, sci-fi, like, though, that, or that kind of yeah, sci-fi. Yeah, no. Specifically. I, I really love that. I love that kind of sci-fi um, when, it's, when it's done well and also when it's not really done well. I like seeing when it. When there's nudity. When there's lots and lots of Lots of nudity. Of course. Yeah, yeah that's what that's I love sci-fi. What about yeah. uh, Battlestar Galactica? One thing about sci-fi, that girl in Star Trek in the 90s was beautiful. The blonde. I, I'm going to go on record and say I do not like Star Trek after Star Trek four. Okay, at all. There was a Star Trek <laughs> in the '90s with some blonde girl that was so hot. I was like, oh, I might watch this show because of her. Um, right. She was stunning. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I'm not a Star Trek guy. Yeah, no. Star Trek is. Um, uh, I love old. Oh, I love old Trek. I love the first two movies. Then I like the fourth movie. And then I basically don't like any of the movies after that point. I don't like so any don't of the like shows. don't like Next Generation or – Don't like Next Generation. Don't like Voyager. Voyager. Don't like – I haven't seen enough of Deep Space Nine. Everyone tells me that it's good. But by that point, I was kind of – I was out of it. Um, I, I enjoyed um, the first two J.J. movies as not Star Trek. I thought they were really great action fun movies. They mm. really, really – like they didn't have anything to do with Star Trek for me, but – that's also why I was able to enjoy them, you know. Um, but they have not gotten back to being anything. All right, let's get back to let's get back but to like the you. But you did ask about uh, we're, we're backtracking. Now, you did ask about Battlestar Galactica as compared to Babylon Five because we're talking yes, about Straczynski. It, it is true. And the uh, and uh, Battlestar Galactica is a is a high watermark for that kind of sci-fi on television, and oh, it's yeah. very it's very 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 good. It's uneven. And the ending is, for me, not very good. Um, but that show would not have been possible to tell that kind of story without Babylon 5 breaking the ground to do it. And right. Babylon 5 was a very, very – was a landmark production in the, in, the, in the style of sci-fi it was trying to tell and the grandness of the story it was trying to tell. And like using a Foundation lot of science stuff. Foundation also did the same stuff. Yeah, and I'm actually – I'm looking forward to what Apple does with that. I'm a, I'm a big fan of those books, and I still am. And like the, the nervous imaging. as how, oh foundation imaging did 
the ba- bad the, five. The ba- bad five. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. I thought you, I thought you meant the. Uh, You're talking about no. the Asimov Foundation. No, yeah. I am. Yeah, no. I do not have. I do not trust that production. I just. It's too difficult a subject to. I don't know. Maybe maybe Apple will pull it off. I, Apple I is not proven. It's going to be Appleized. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to uh, be Appleized. The the thing that really basically was a big warning sign. I don't know if you saw the ad that they did about it. No, we talked about this. Yes, go yes. ahead. Where it was Apple basically talking about Apple TV at their event, and they're like, or, and they said, just like Isaac Asimov has a view of the future, we too, Apple, have a view yeah, of the future. Oh, for it was no. like, oh my god, oh no, <laughs> no, no, you missed yeah. the whole fucking point. <laughs> you know, and specifically for people who for people who haven't read Foundation, like to sum this whole idea, the difference between what Apple seems to be doing and what the books are about is Apple is making the advertisement felt uh, like an advertisement for Apple. Number one, yes, uh, it is. and and it is, uh, and uh, as if like if if we all just do what Apple says, then it's going to end up in this amazing future, right? And then it shows the the ad for Foundation. Uh, Foundation is about us being morons. <laughs> Foundation <laughs> is about the, the, the downfall of civilization. It's, it's about our total collapse and our inability and it's gonna to take try a and stop it. thousand years to reconstruct the entire like, civilization of the galaxy is yes. exactly what it's about. It's, a, it's about us being total dingbats. It's, it's not it about is, things it being It is great. just as, as, as myopic mm-hmm. about what this movie is about as it is when uh, 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 Ronald Reagan was using Born in the USA as a theme song oh, to his yeah, campaign. Exactly, dude. <laughs> like, did like, you listen you, to the song? Did you listen to the song? Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. I know. I, like, every t- And the thing is, I mean, it's like that's not even like uh, just in the 80s. Like you still see this at political conve- – uh, at conservative political conventions. I'm like – that song is not celebrating anything. <laughs> it's amazing it's, to me. Yeah. But yeah, it's the same. You're right. It's exactly the same gag. And like the, I, I feel like there is a, there's a kind of sci-fi uh, that, that Battlestar Galactica was approaching uh, the level of quality that I would have liked to see in this sci-fi. It wasn't quite there yet for me either. Um, but I believe from what I saw of Foundation, it seems like they're taking a step backwards because it looks very self-congratulatory. I've only seen it as an ad. I don't know. Maybe they did a great job. I don't know. No, I don't know how much I'm, you know, I'll fuck it. I'll just say it. But, uh, I don't, there was a time when I was, uh, asked to help out on something and, uh, it was to do a test or to push forward on, uh, on a foundation being made as a movie Mm-hmm. which I guess never got made. It didn't completely go through production, but it was uh, Roland Emmerich was the director on it. Oh, yeah. I remember so Roland that. Emmerich I remember was that. supposed to do a foundation thing. I'm like, and I was... That is, yeah, that's not mm-hmm. a good idea. Mm-hmm. God bless you, Roland. <laughs> God yeah. bless you. I've yeah. enjoyed Roland Emmerich films. I'm not going to lie, but he is not the right person. Well, first of all, the thing out. about foundation, like foundation, what I've always thought about is like, you can't have any stars in foundation because like... Right. Every chapter of the book is a next it's generation new of new people. Yeah, they're short, so, it's short stories. It's a right. collection of short stories. Yeah. You know, it's like, here's the tale about the mayors. And then you read about the mayors, you know, and that's it. And then it skips another hundred years, you yeah. know. And so, like, it, like it, it looks very much like they're using this as a, um, a way to sort of, like, uh, do the Star Trek The Next Generation thing, which is this, like, uh, like – 
how can I say it? Star Trek The Next Generation is full of itself, and it bothers me. Like, I, uh, Old Trek is not full of itself. Old Trek put characters to the test in hard situations, and they reacted to it or learned from it, but they didn't go in with an idea of how they were going to solve it and wait up for everybody to catch up and learn that the Federation was correct. Right. Uh, and because like, there's a moral superiority of later Trek that is annoying and an assumption that none of these characters can really learn is boring. And that is what this, the, the small glimpse I saw of foundation is not only like that, that is the antithesis of what foundation is about. Like, uh, Isaac Asimov was like, you should be self-critical. That's the idea of science. That's how you know when you know something. Mm. And uh, and I think I think it's a realm. It's a it's a soft sci-fi um, vibe that I I think is a disservice to the audience uh, that is just there to make them feel good about themselves, and it's it's aggressively irritating to me. I may well, be I may be wrong. All, I haven't seen the show. It's to feel good about themselves. And also the fact they were part of the Apple family, of right? Products exactly. Right. And like it fits. It fits into like exactly, Eric. Like it fits into the brand that they're trying to, the mode that they're trying to sell for the brand. You know, as if Apple doesn't, you know, use the same Chinese factories. <laughs> like you know, like yeah. they should do an episode of uh, episode of. Uh, it's Star like people who say I go to Target because I never go to Walmart. It's like it's the same. Idea. It's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> same thing. And I'm not trying to be cynical about it. I'm just saying, like use yeah. use your use art that you consume to be a little bit more self. Yeah, every time I go to Target, I'm always like, let's help the Chinese middle class grow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Jason says uh, the foundation ad was devoid of Asimov and seems fully scripted and directed by marketing. Yes, yeah, we, exactly. Completely agree. Completely. There you go. Nice summary. Thank you. We see. Yeah. You see, this is why if if Jason had control of this podcast, it would be much shorter, and we yeah, would we, have to wait. <laughs> we'd actually for... talk about the movies. <laughs> <laughs> you basically summed it up, and we can move on. Is, and I'm going to tell you this, though. Uh, I, I was going to say, well, we should we should do a you know a synopsis of Legend. It's like I don't think you need a synopsis it is a very straightforward story that oh, could probably right. be told in about two seconds uh it's a fairy tale story princess blum corrupted devil goes to save her on a journey right. brothers grim yeah brothers grim, sure. grim type story uh but to still like i was watching and i was like this is really awkward to watch yeah but I still loved the, the, the filming of it. The cinematography oh, was so totally there. good. I, mean, like, I'm, I was happy to watch it again, and I'll be happy to watch it again after this. Like, I think that there's, there's like such like Ridley. Everyone hammers on Ridley Scott for not being a 100% storyteller all the time, and I get it. But like, this guy makes images like nobody's business. Like, he's so committed and he's so fine tuned about it. Like, just. Just sit back and relax. You know, it's just like the movie's gorgeous. You don't have to flip out that it didn't have your story in it. And Legend definitely fits in that zone where I'm just like, if I try to pay attention to this as a story, it's like, who cares? But it, but uh, I, but I'm totally there story wise for the thing that he was there for story wise for, which is Tim Curry and uh, and Mia Sara. Like right. that's and because that thing that that feels like it's going to get dirty. Like, that like that whole scene feels like this is going to go some places that the audience is not expecting. Yeah. You know, and Did you guys see it in HD. Yeah, because it I because I I'd only you know I it was hard to see it in HD for a while, but it was nice to see it in HD again because now I could I hate to say it, but I could see all the glitter. 
There's a lot of glitter in this movie. A lot of glitter. A lot of glitter. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of glitter, but like especially for that scene where which was so rimlet, you know, so backlit. Yeah, uh, yeah. uh and and in the and that's you know that is the sexy scene right that's the, the scene thing with I, her i there's a quality a textural quality of lighting that when i was watching it and i pulled it up and i'll i'll post it if you guys want but there are, i have a book of theirs that's probably 30 40 years old but uh pierre gillet they're photographers from france mm-hmm. yep uh-huh. and their stuff early 80s i'm telling you like really scott likes to Paul, Pierre Gillet, like early 80s, 1983, 84. It's that same look. I think that Tim Curry was really... Uh, oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Pulled Absolutely. from that. Yep. Particularly oh, like, like the textural quality of his face and horns yep. where there's kind of this kind of, I don't know, there's a sheen. Uh, yeah. It's really beautiful. Well, and, and uh, that, because that's what really makes it feel like uh, uh, dangerous. You know, like it feels like it feels uh, like it doesn't feel pretty. It feels no. It's like it's like cool S and M stuff. Yeah, it's a little S and M. Especially when he, especially when he charges Tom Cruise and he crashes into the wall. It's like yeah. that thing. It's like, ah, where, like, like Tom I couldn't Cruise quite a, get to you, but look at this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or that, or Tom Cruise has that scene where he puts the red ball in his mouth and he oh yeah, it's been, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's strange. Yeah. Strange addition in the director's cut. Yeah, but, uh, it's you know, like where did that come from? Setting. But yeah, like that, like the like the that kind of flavor. Like I would have appreciated more. That's the movie I really wanted to see. You know, is it, who's the who's the classic um, S and M photographer from uh, the from the thirties and forties? Um, the classic S and M photographer. I yeah. have a book of his. Yeah, what's um, his name? He's incredibly good. Beautiful, beautiful photography. Hold on. Uh, yeah, he did all the sort of like he did like the um, oh shoot I can't think of it anyway like totally brilliant beautiful stuff. But yeah, he, perceive things which I have. Um, oh, and, and I mean, Man Ray is also a great example of this stuff. I mean, like it's like there's it's not just the image; it's it's exciting you in a in a in a different level that makes you feel a little weird. Like that is definitely where Tim Curry is. Like casting yeah. Tim Curry himself is a brilliant yeah, idea. It's a textural he's fresh quality. Off of like, yeah. yeah, and I yeah. believe Pierre Gillet. This stuff, like if you guys look up Pierre Et Et Gillet, like mm-hmm. early '80s, and I'm telling you, like, because I love this guy named Mark Almond. He's a singer, and he worked with them. Um, like, yeah, look at this dude. That's crazy. This like stuff is like something Pierre, like. Pierre Gillet. Oh, yeah, put it, put it. Do you, Where do, you, do I put it? Have, put, put it, it in, in the, the chat. Chat stream, on, um, chat stream on, on, Twitch. on Twitch. Boom. Did you? That's exciting. It has not yet boomed. It boomed. Boomed. Okay, there it is. Boomed. It boomed. There we go. Yeah. Look at that. That's exciting. This is a great idea. Look at like that. that. Now we can share stuff. Hold on. I'm going to look at this. Now I'm going to. Oh, yeah. It. I love this stuff. This stuff. Like you, these you... guys were. I, I have an old book yeah. of theirs. Yeah, and, great. Um, like, if you like, look up. Look at oh. look at the set, the set, two of three. Look at this look at this uh, beautiful, uh, like beautiful beautiful woman, beautiful set, pink, green, all these happy colors, and this sort of weird blank pixie now, look. Look at face. the third one. It's upsetting. It's great. Like this yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, I love it. It's great. It's great. And this it. is all uh, Pierre Gillet, nineteen eighty three. Hey, this oh, yeah. is kind of cool that I can paste all this stuff in because yeah, that you way, ref right away, dude. Yeah, but guys, that's, yeah, that's that the is so the you, Google search for Pierre Gillet, 83. I'm telling you, when I saw his horns, 
like the it fits right the, in there. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, that's like, oh, a, yeah. like a gilet <laughs> photo. And I was like, man, because I have a Dude. bunch of their books that I love their stuff when I lived in the West Village. And you, they were all over the oh, village, man. That is a this huge is link you just sent. Hold on. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Hit like, that. If you scroll down to that link, you're going to see a, uh, a great photo. Uh, this, uh, this is just great. It's a uh, it's a, uh, uh, a guy in sort of like part of a sailor costume in front of a that's World right. War II background. Like that stuff is a knockout. I, I assume you're also a fan of uh, like Helmut Newton. Oh, uh, I love – I have so yeah. many of his original monographs. Yeah. I collect them. Um, yep. But like from the seventies, I have great ones of all his Polaroids. Yeah, sure. yeah, I have um, I have originals, first editions, because I collect books that mm -hmm. I got like thirty years ago. I would go to like old bookstores in New York and be like, "Do you have?" And they would call me if they get them. Right. And uh, some one Polo woman, mm -hmm. and um, like really, really amazing stuff. These guys were really cool. No, oh, yeah, and, I mean like, this entire that entire movement. You know, it's like the uh, uh, yeah. What's his What's his name? Did uh, 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 like Serrano, right? Andre one. Serrano, and, piss Christ. You know, yeah, and um, uh, who's the who? Like Maplethorpe and Maplethorpe. Maplethorpe. Yeah. Uh, these like these are artists that like man. It's like where are those guys today? That's what I, that's the stuff I want to see. Like that like that level of edge, uh, and making that level of edge that popular is mind blowing to me. Like I don't know how you brought so many people on board with you uh, for stuff that was really you know like beyond the pale for a lot of people. Yeah, uh, I always felt like Ridley Scott was is such a brilliant guy, but mm -hmm. like I feel like in Blade Runner he pulled from a uh, Derek Jarman. He always pulls oh, yeah. from like artists and photographers. And He's when a I magpie. saw the Tim Curry, I was like, right. man, that is Pierre Gillet. I don't know why. And well, it, I think it, you're right. Like I think that like like because if you look at Blade Runner, like it's the like when you bring up um, um, uh, Derek Jarman, like you like you look at you watch something like um, uh, uh, what's the uh, futuristic england movie um uh, with a fireish one it's called yeah, what's hell it? um god what is that called um oh jubilee like jubilee, jubilee. i love right jubilee. so you so you watch jubilee and like obviously really scott's seen jubilee like probably 20 oh my times, god dude right yeah the, the and, rector like, howard's character is taken out of jubilee it's just straight out of jubilee right now jubilee is not the kind of thing that regular everyday people are going to go see like that's not um that's not a wide audience movie that's for people that are really into weird fringy stuff like you and me um but the the glory of this is that because it goes to someone like ridley scott is also like you and me and that he sees that and he wants to incorporate it into a into a world that people will accept a little bit more readily but still introduce these weird concepts yes. you know like so like he is like when i call him a magpie like i mean that totally compliment he's like a magpie in the way that tarantino is a magpie yes you know like like drawing this stuff together finding how it meshes together visually makes it click together and what you're seeing is is like when you see his movies they're a sort of a pastiche of the inside of their mind of what they like you know and what it means to them and i think that unlike Almost anybody else, when you watch a Ridley Scott movie, like you're very aware of the moment he became engaged in this as a movie. And sometimes that's not till late in the movie. You know, like, and I think that Legend is like the biggest representation of that. Like when Tim Curry shows up, like the lusciousness with which he shoots that um, stepping through the, the mirror gag that you're talking about, Chris, which I believe is a La Belle and La Bette gag, right? It's a, uh, that's a, uh, yes. uh, Jean Cocteau gag, totally, yeah. um, and uh, like like the moment that happens, you're like, oh, the the movie started, <laughs> like oh shit, before this was a car commercial. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if it was more focused on on Curry and her 
and because of the studio pressure, they kind of put the, you know, the guy in the spandex. I totally agree. Yeah, I totally, because like, I don't I like, know, because there, I think there was something very odd about the fairy people that was awkward, definitely awkward to see a young boy. Well, the young boy is naked. the interesting one, right? Yeah. The young boy, there's the kid from the tin drum. And he was weird in the Tim drum, and now he's weird in this. Right. And, like, he is so good and interesting. You're like, why the fuck is Tom Cruise here? Right. right. That's right. He wasn't, like, a, he wasn't a major player in the film. He should have just been. He should have been the hero. Yeah. Like, that kid, if you're going to have that character, that's who that is. Not Tom right. Cruise. Right. You know? Like, Tom, God bless Tom Cruise, but what he's doing in that movie, I have really no idea. And then you're just saddled, like, watching him run around in, a, like, a, a too-short steel skirt. Quick, you know? quick, quick, quick note. Dan, can you recenter your camera? Because we're pretty much just looking at oh, the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Better? Well, no, you don't have to move. Like, just move it so that you can be comfortable. Can you move the camera? There we go. Uh, I can kind of move the camera. It's going to tip. Let's see. That's about as much as I can go. Okay. Now it's just, is that all beard? It's all beard. actually that's that's fine. Beard is better than door. Beard is better than face. <laughs> all right, here we go. All right, but but the, but there was something interesting about that. And then they they treated everyone's voice like it was like the whole movie was ADR. I felt like you right. know, like every single piece of dialogue was. Are you are you are like you bothered by ADR? Obvious ADR. Am I? It didn't bother me so much in this one because the whole thing was a fantasy anyway. Right. You know what I mean? Because I, mean, I actually – sometimes I like obvious ADR. Like there's examples of that when they change it or like – like there's some uh, – like they, they changed the bad ADR in Blade Runner over um, uh, when uh, 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 Deckard goes to the, the police station and uh, you know the, his boss is just like – like, Come on, suddenly, oh, it's yeah. like it's suddenly so bad it's weird but when they changed it to be better recorded i was like oh i missed the shitty one <laughs> like there's something about that that i really like like there's some sort of cut and paste about that that i really like yeah yeah sometimes i i want the or sometimes i'm nostalgic for the mistake right right yeah I don't like know. I'm, the thing is i mean I, I like the mistakes when i when i see them for the first time you know, I just like that. I like the, seeing a handmade quality of the stuff sometimes, and like the, like I like that you can tell that they sort of had to smudge something to make it work better or whatever it is. Like I think it's sort of interesting. Uh, it's <laughs> mistakes not are underrated. <laughs> mistakes are underrated. Yes. Yeah, so so so, uh, so so Brady was actually uh, brought it up. Like like uh, 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 he is because we've been watching Frasier so much. Um, he's actually his Halloween costume is going to be Marty Crane. By the way, that's what he wants to oh dress my God, up for that's Halloween. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, but he points out mistakes in Frasier constantly, and like there's a <laughs> scene, there's one scene where Frasier walks up the stairs, and you can see the boom mic come down a little bit, right? Right. And he he right. found it, and now since we watched this so much, it's like here it is, here it is. The boom mic's going to appear, and he goes, yay! You know, he yeah, gets so excited about the so boom fun. mic. That's uh, like seeing the stormtrooper walk into the door. You know, you're just like, yeah. there it is. There's my boy. Yep. <laughs> Taking a hit for the team. So yeah. I almost feel like, you know, I actually told him, it's like, he's pointed all kinds of plot loot holes in Frasier. I told him we should start a Twitter uh, channel, what's called Frasier Mistakes, and just like, yep. episode this, blah, 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 this happened, blah, 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 and have him just tell me all about it, but... 
Uh, anyway, sorry. Back to 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 legend. I think you I should mean, you should do that and try to get Kelsey Grammer to show up on the show and then just like beat the crap out of him. Like, dude, how could you let this happen? Just totally make him feel bad. What is like, this? The fucking this is crap. What is that? Like high school? <laughs> you're just not kidding. answering me, man. Sorry, you're on money plan. <laughs> yeah. Kelsey. Kelsey Grammer. Nano man. God bless that guy. I've always enjoyed him. Uh, even though he has not made any, has he made anything notable since Frasier? I don't, I'm not, I can't say that's true. Well, he's a great actor, it, but he's not good at picking wives. He's not, well, he's not good. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, that. so what's interesting is there was actually an article <laughs> where was he was like, I, was only, I only care about basically making enough money that I never have to work again. He actually said that yeah, at one point. There you go. I'm sure those Frasier residuals are amazing. Oh my man, gosh. Man. You, yeah. Like he's a producer on that show. Like it must be. Sim and he's Freddy. divorced. Yeah, he is. So, but what he does do, and he says, I'll never have to work again after Frasier, which is what his goal was. Mm -hmm. uh, but he still did continue to work and he did great voiceovers. He's a very that's good true. voiceover that's, actor. That's very true. I should, have, I should give him credit for that. He is, you know, uh, he's done like he's, fantastic work on, on, yep. on a lot of Pixar stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely true. Absolutely yeah. true. He's a really good voiceover actor. Yeah. The, um, uh, I, I suggest that everyone check out his, um, his, I think, latest film role is Money Plane. Uh, and it's about a heist on a plane, and it is maybe made for twenty eight thousand dollars. <laughs> like it is a okay. it's a shaky bit of business, but it's so thoroughly bad that it's actually like he really owns it. Like he's like, I'm in a terrible movie, and I'm going to be hilarious, and he really makes it worth watching. Like that's a good three dollar rental. Even though I paid five bucks, right. <laughs> so, I so he wrote. I actually wrote a script about eight years ago about a heist on a plane. Oh, nice! Maybe this is what happened to it. <laughs> yeah. You wrote about a heist? That's shocking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is a uh, um, not the heist. Hold on. Uh, uh, where were we? Oh, so yeah. The, here's the thing about legend. I want to get to the keep. We can definitely get to the keep. But, oh, that's fine. Uh, Here's the thing about Legend. Legend feels like it was very, very meticulous to not have any kind of mistakes in it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it was a very meticulously filmed film mm -hmm. and kind of lost track of the big picture of actually making a totally. good story. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> you know I mean? totally. It was like, we're going to make a beautiful film. It's like, yeah. you know what it was? Here's what it was. It was like making a prototype car for the car show and just like, well, we'll not worry right. about the engine or anything else in it. It's Push just going to look – Yeah. It's going to – and it doesn't have any mirrors that are functional or anything. Right. And, 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 it, and it, you can't really use it as a practical car. But you're going to look at it and goes, wow, that's pretty. But yeah. how is this going to work as an actual car? I can't fit in the door. It's like, but look at it. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like you can say the same thing about like 1492, right? Or like 10 other Ridley Scott movies where he's like, sure. there's a, there's a thing that he wanted to film and he goes and does the best job of filming that he knows how, hmm. you know, and like, what he was the hired... budget of legend? I mean, it must've been high. It was huge. I'll, I can look that up. I'll look that up right now. They up. spent a lot on props. That's for sure. Took over a huge soundstage <laughs> on, in Pinewood. On flower petals. <laughs> they did. Not just pounds, tons and tons. Let's see. Legend. And it was all on – the other thing is it was obviously a lot of it was on uh, uh, in stages. This 007 uh, stage apparently. Oh, on the 007 stage, yeah. Yikes. 
And uh, oh, someone said 20, 25 million. Which, uh, for 1980. Which for, for 1987, 1985 uh, was a lot was of money. F- a lot of money. That was a fair amount of money for a, for an untried picture like that. Yeah, you know, it's not a franchise movie. Uh, and Tom Cruise wasn't anybody at that point. You know, he was like he had. Lucky had man, I tried to there. hit your link. Uh, I love this account, but I, I, I it didn't work. Uh, your Twitter account didn't seem to work. Amazon Movie Reviews. Oh, there we go. Yes, this is great. So Monkey Man oh, just put out uh, Amazon Movie Reviews on Twitter. Uh, AMZN Movie Reviews. Uh, and uh, <laughs> this is pretty great. Like it has things like uh, pin tweet, Amazon Movie Reviews, one star. And there's one star by Joe Watson. There were no wolves in this movie. Zero of three found this helpful. Oh, so for the wolf wolves? of Walt. No, for Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, to give you an idea. <laughs> there were no wolves in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there. Everybody can see that now. Yeah. National Lampoon's Animal House. I was hoping to see some animals in the house. <laughs> <laughs> there were no Once animals that. in this house. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's a good yeah. one. Oops, sorry. I think I might have. Accidentally. You're showing yeah, everybody yeah. what we're looking at. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, pop up. Make sure sorry. you close all the other windows. Uh, sorry. I uh, will do that. Back, get back to where we are. Oh, sorry. Where am I? Oh, man. Uh, oh, yeah. We're lost. Was... Down, lost down, down that. There we go. Back on. No. There it is. Beautiful. Sorry. My bad. <clears throat> but yeah, no, I, it... Hey, guys, I'm getting used to this. I told, well, we told you it was all rubber banded together. Thanks, That's- Monkey Man, for sending me down that rabbit hole that ruined our Twitch stream. Crashed plane. Oh, man. Hey, here's a good link for you. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Am yeah. I streaming that? The, that? I should not click on any links that are sent to, from, our, uh, from our audience members just in case yeah. something inappropriate shows up. <laughs> yeah. Send pics. Oh, this sounds good. Click. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about right. But uh, but yeah, no. I mean, like the thing is that uh, Ridley Scott's made uh, at least you know at least two of my favorite movies of all time, okay. and he's made about like ten or eleven of um, you know you. my top you know one hundred. You know, the guy's an incredible filmmaker. Um, but he, you can tell where his heart lies on a project, and uh, <laughs> and this thing is is sort of stuck in that for me. And so, like next time I watch Legend, then I will uh, I will put I'll put the soundtrack on and turn the movie soundtrack down to zero. And I will, in, I will oh, enjoy yeah. it greatly. Yeah. Yeah, I actually want to see it on, like, you know, a massive immersive screen. Oh, yeah. And just yeah. just playing Tangerine Dream the whole time. And oh, yeah. Then, when, I, when I was a kid, man, I went to go see this, like, six times, at least in the theater. Like, yeah. I thought it really blew my mind. I think that was the first I was I was really aware of a director was around this time. And Ridley Scott was probably the, probably the guy. Yeah, I, like I knew who George Lucas was, and I like I knew how Ridley Scott was, and maybe Stanley Cooper. I don't think I, so, I put Spielberg. together. I, I didn't think I put together um, uh, 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 Blade Runner and this film until much later in life. Right. Uh, and I did, you know, with the well, obviously the unicorns, right? So I I knew him from Alien. I watched I had watched Alien a bunch, right? But I I think at that time I had still did not like Blade Runner. Oh, like, really? Yeah, what's wrong with you? I, I was, saw Blade I was, Runner I in theater. Boy. I saw Alien in a the theater. Oh God! Well, it yeah, blew me away. 
I no, mean, it's still it, one of the very greatest films ever made. Jesus, it was yeah. like so. It was like walking out of Goodfellas. The same type of like, what the hell did what I just, just happen to me? Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, so yeah, no, no, no. Dister Ridley, he is a he's one of the greats for sure. Uh, legend is not in the tops of his list, but it's certainly a gorgeous, gorgeous picture. Like the amount, I would, I would think that all those actors must have some terrible lung problems from all of the fake snow, though. Like that oh. was. That was bad, old brother. He still loves the fake snow, but he's never put actors through it like that. That was like a that was like American Ninja. <laughs> you can see Tom Cruise is like choking. <laughs> yeah, what is fake snow made out of? I don't know. Styrofoam. It's like, yeah, it's like he likes the the really styrofoam, fiberglass. <laughs> fiberglass, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you just throw that into a fan. No problem. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, the stuff that he really likes, that very light, floaty stuff. That's, yes, that which is perfect. Air. You know, the asbestos is actually a really good <laughs> form. It's great. <laughs> yeah, nothing like a good – it really, really, really seals the illusion. <laughs> it's got that right snowy <laughs> particle feeling. Right, asbestos. right, right. Um, but, um, yes, so, so, so the, anyway, the, the, I still think it's a, it's a really – cool look to it now when i started when i watched the keep and i think i've actually seen the keep before i don't remember if i've seen it before i actually sorry go ahead eric i actually when i watched it again i realized i saw it in the theater because that when he was lowering him down i remembered that scene Mm -hmm. i was like wait a minute how do i know this (laughs) um but it's a completely forgettable yeah so you know what it reminded me of do you you guys may remember this in the uh, uh, early or late eighties, early nineties, maybe. TBS used to, you know, TBS was still a, a station, or was it USA? No, it was USA, USA Networks. USA Network. Back at that time, they mm-hmm. used to do like a, you know, they would have uh, movies they would show at certain times, and uh, they had uh, they sometimes they would do cheesy movies, especially late night movies. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, uh, it was hosted by uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, uh, the really loud comedian Gilbert oh, Gottfried. Gilbert Gottfried. No, yeah. It was USA Up All Night. Do you remember that? Up All Night. This is <laughs> up USA all Up All Night, and right. they would play really terrible movies. And this right. is what the keep felt like when it started is like i just see gilbert goffin is like we'll be back <laughs> with watch the, the keep <laughs> don't touch the walls man don't, yeah. <laughs> don't touch the walls <laughs> right oh my god that, that's what it felt like and it was like this is a tbs crappy movie they're playing right. saturday at you know 11 o'clock at night because you got you didn't go out and you're going to watch this movie. That's what it felt like as you go. Now, now there, listen, there's, there's some definitely some redeeming qualities in this film. <laughs> there are definitely redeeming <laughs> right. qualities in this film. Like what? The tanks they used in it were authentic? No. They were authentic tanks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, Those no, people I'm... felt like the most Romanian people I've ever seen before. Oh. <laughs> and that village, the roof line was really like a roof line from yeah. Romania. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, yeah. Well, FYI, yeah, I, you know. Now this is uh, everyone should know. This is um, Michael Mann's second film, right? Really, uh, his, his first his his first film is Thief. So out of the gate, he makes one of the great crime films. Yeah, with Jimmy Kahn. Right, it's <laughs> it's like an astonishing astonishing movie. Uh, and now, uh, speaking of movies that I hated the first time I saw it, 
And I agreed with you 100% when I saw it. I thought this was a, a dumb trash movie. Um, and, uh, but now I own it and I watch it obsessively. Like, and I, I don't really? know exactly how to describe my transformation now, do you with this movie. Own, do you own it in a, what form do you own it? Because the only way uh, I could watch it is in standard definition. Yes, it's only an SD. There is no HD copy. Um, and uh, Michael Mann uh, all but disowns this thing. This is essentially Michael Mann's version of it. It's like David Lynch with Dune. Like, that's how Michael Mann feels or, about Or, or uh, uh, Fincher with Alien 3. Fincher with Alien 3. This is Michael Mann's Alien 3. And yeah. uh, and he'll talk about it a little tiny bit. But the uh, – uh, <laughs> I just have to say uh, – reading the Twitch stream and just seeing a shout out to Robert Prosky who plays the uh, priest in this movie and yeah. is also in thief is these, the bad guy in thief. Yes. Uh, Michael, Michael, Michael Mann discovered that guy and put him in thief. He's wonderful. He's so totally miscast in the keep. He's amazing. I just want to say <laughs> Robert Prosky also plays a character on Frasier. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> yes. he is. He, he plays, uh, 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 T.H. Huffington or something like that, who's like supposed to be one of the greatest American authors of all time and only wrote one book. Uh, right. <laughs> do you remember this character? Yes, I do. As a matter of fact. And, yes. and, and basically like Frazier and, and Niles are obsessed with him, but he wants nothing to do with him. And he just wants to hang out with Marty and go to a baseball game. And they kind of want to continue to intellectualize his, his, uh, his books. But he's like right. – and he just wants to watch the guy. He just game. wants to go to the Mariners game with no Marty instead. It is a, it is a wonderful, wonderful episode. Yeah. Well, and that guy's a great actor. Like he was. A he is good actor. Yeah. And, uh, and he did not start out, I don't believe, as an actor. And somebody like so much of Thief is like that because Thief was cast mostly with cr- actual. The other guy he gave a stop who died. Uh, he was in a lot of um, Lock, Stock, and stuff. Or the one after that, Snatch. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I know who you're going to say. Yeah. And he's also in. He was many a cop. Of, uh, yeah, yeah, this is, um, oh god, my brain just, uh, left his name behind. Uh, just one second, I gotta look this up now. Later season of Hill Street, oh, he was in Hill Street Blues! Yes! Holy crap, yes, Jason, thank you! Yes! Uh, the guy You're- that we were trying to think of is in a Michael Mann produced show called, uh, Crime Story. And his name, and he was in goddamn everything. Y'all are just lucky we can't post images looking on the at chat. A picture. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Dennis Farina. Okay, Farina, so Dennis and Farina. he passed like two, three years he ago. Did. When it's sadly great, great actor. Farina was cast initially in Thief um, uh, because he was a cop, and mm. he and that's it. Like he was not, he was not an actor. He was. A oh, cop. it's kind of like Get uh, Shorty. He was in Get Shorty. Well, it's kind of like Manhunter. What's his name in in Full Metal Jacket who was cast because he was an actual Charlie Sergeant. Army. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so like uh, Prosky is, I, I may be wrong about this, but I believe that uh, Prosky uh, was a cop. But I don't think Prosky was a cop, but I don't believe he was an actor. And uh, and he comes in Thief, and he's a wonderful in Thief. And then he's then Michael Mann puts him in the Keep, and Prosky is actually the best way for me to look at this movie. Well, if I'm going to try it, because I can't sell people on the keep. No one's going to like the keep when they first watch it the way it is. Um, but like, and it also, I think takes watching. If you, if you watch a lot of Michael Mann movies and you like his movies, like the things in the keep that I have made me come to love it are the, you can start to see the proto versions of all the stuff he later does incredibly well, you know? And so the keep is loaded with all this pre Michael Mann, Michael Mann material, that he later uses in like heat and that the insider matures in a way, that right? Matures yeah. in a way, right? And 
and now when I look at it, it's like looking at, you know, if you look at like whatever. Picasso's if it wasn't for the keep, we would like, never have gotten the heat, for example. Is what exactly. Exactly. And like I and which is actually a great example to bring up because heat is not the first time he made heat. Heat was we made. did it, yeah. Yeah, he that's a redo of a terrible movie he made called uh, L.A. Takedown. And L.A. Takedown was made for TV. It is exactly, basically the same screenplay as Heat, only it's bad. Like, it's, it's kind Plus of sloppily directed. Plus, you took from directed. that one uh, from 79, Dustin Hoffman. Right. I, yeah. I'm telling you, he really stole With the that. diamondized, right, yeah, the diamondized thing. And so, like, the, so the Keep, to me, feels like one of these, where it's like, there's a lot of great stuff in the Keep, but it's all very shabby, right? And I feel like I've always wanted him to get back to making a fantasy movie of some kind because, like, now the way I feel about the keep is sort of like it's like when you've been in a relationship for a long time, the other person's flaws sort of fade into the background. You know, like, imagine being married to me, for instance. <laughs> like, there's so much shit you have to put up with that if you don't forget about that stuff, it, there's no way to live with me. Um, and, the, and the keep's kind of like that, where it's like the, the, uh, the, the the flaws are are obvious and right. they're right up front uh but the more i watched it the more i forgot about those things and the more coherent it seems both thematically and the clearer a vision you can sort of see why he was attracted to making this thing and the movie becomes more interesting but unfortunately not only is it like you know everything's sort of first draft executed it's also originally a four-hour film yes yeah. uh, one of our one of our chat uh, uh listeners uh, pointed out and the studio cut it down to 90 minutes and that's yeah, the biggest it's... flaw in the movie because it doesn't make any sense yep i know but the well, cool thing okay. about this movie because, too uh, i have to because, say yeah i i do i do and so so just just because this was the first time i sort of think you know like looking through it felt like basically about an hour, ten minutes of setup, and then the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like uh, our friend, they're, they're missing like it's they're the missing the first act third ever. and yeah. Is <laughs> yeah. it? No, it's not a good first act. I don't think it's necessarily a very good first act. Right. I, I actually don't think it's a very good beginning of a movie because I, I don't think this is a very good movie. I'm just going to be very honest about it. Oh, I hear you. I hear it. But, like, but there's, no, there's no me arguing people into love, loving the keep. Like I love the keep, but yeah. like there. But I can tell you that if you dedicate yourself to the keep over time, I like I I love the keep more than I love uh, Last of the Mohicans, for instance. Like okay. like the Last of the Mohicans to me is Michael Mann's worst film, it's and like it's still schlocky. Great. Yeah, it's still a great movie. You know, yeah. but you, but it's, but about you know thirty or forty percent of it is like forgettable TV drama, and then it gets to the end, and you're like, oh, there's the movie you wanted to make, just like with Ridley Scott. Right. But the Keep, like he really wanted to make the Keep, and you can tell it's just that everything was in his way, and he wasn't good enough yet to figure out how to do it. But Michael Mann never really did any sci-fi stuff. He he left it behind after the Keep, and I feel that's a mistake. I think he got self-conscious about it because the Keep really fucked him over. Yeah, studio screwed him over. Like he wasn't happy with the way it turned out. Well, first of all, the effects were terrible. Yeah, like the only like gag they had was like we're going to film smoke going backwards. You know, yeah. like that was like the thing, right? And right. then even like I just could not like the 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 the, the crosses. It, just the set, the the, the set was, was terrible. Yeah, the set was right. like absolutely like a film school project. 
Yeah, yeah it's like, like, it's like texturally it, 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 like the yeah. specular and no breakup, but it was just right. very like it's silver. You know, it's like no, it's a light it's not, source, and when you push on it, you can see the rubber that's yeah. that's that's it's it's like janky. it was, it was it's so terrible. The problem right. was it was a clap off, clap on light system, and so right. it had a lot <laughs> right. of problems. They're like, okay, guys, let's get back to set, and it would turn off. The other thing about this film, I was like really like that scene where he's like, I need to get a boat. And the guy's like, it's going to be very expensive. And he just hands him money. I was like, there's no negotiating. Like, is there a film, we should have a no negotiation film festival where it's like all the characters don't, there's yeah, no in it between. It's right. like, you can't afford it. Here you go. Right. Cut to, they're on a boat. <laughs> well, and not only, here's, like, here's an example of the way in which I love this movie. And he's and in I, Piraeus, too, which is really funny. Like, it's, it, I mean this totally unironically. One of my favorite sequences in the movie is the boat. Yes, like, that was Spain. And it's like there. It's just a shot of this of the boat that he gets on driving into the sunset with Tangerine Dream music playing. And yeah. it's about like a. It's like it's, it's long. A really, it's a long, long it's shot. Really long. <laughs> and I'm like, like it gets to the point where you're like, this is this is Michael Mann. Like they, now he's making a Michael Mann movie. Yeah, it does feel like Heat, but with boats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah with a boat. And, the, and so like there's the, the more you watch it, the more you get these little glimpses, and you start to see like that the movie he was trying to make. And so like when I, like even with the like there's also shitty special effects in this movie, but it also has one of my favorite effects just design wise when um, the Nazi uh, the the Nazi commanders whatever the 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 soldiers stormtroopers yeah the stormtroopers they pull they pull out the stone and they climb the one of them climbs through the uh yeah. the stone passageway yeah. and it pulls away from the guy's face for an incredibly long pullback until his face is literally just less a than dot. a pixel right. right and then and the and you you're pulling back into this uh into this massive dark cavern with these weird old stone hengy kinds of things right. and the sound goes almost to nothing and i'm like if this were in if this were a slightly higher production value shot and in a more coherent movie, it would be deeply disturbing. Like it's a great idea. Yeah. It's a really, it's a really brilliant idea. And the movie this is movie was listen, would have been much better executed if it was, uh, in the Hellraiser sequence. <laughs> it's pretty much the same idea right. as Hellraiser. Right. right? right. And, and, and the guy in the big rubber suit was like, ugh. On, really? And you talk about recurring themes with Michael Mann. That scene where he gets on the boat, right? He pays the guy. Mm -hmm. right. The guy in the original cut takes him in a cab and they go to a jazz club. <laughs> then they go. I have to, another demon to kill first. <laughs> yeah. And then they go on the boat. Right. And right, 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 the right. guy in the he goes, he's just, yeah, he the runs into the cab. The name of the captain of the boat is Chamino. It was young Tone Loke as the sea captain, and he <laughs> was phenomenal. Where do you want to go? Tone Loke in the keep is definitely. We're going to go across the Mediterranean to see Chirito. Go up to the Black Sea. Black Sea. Hey, this is a great captain. Slick, Why? slick. You said slick. You said boat, boat. Come on. You said boat. You take me on a boat. Come on. Let's go. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like, and to, and like while while we're on it, I just want to like let's throw out all the other uh, strangely bad parts of this movie because I just could get them out of our system. Uh, uh, my um, uh, what's his name? Who plays Gandalf? Uh, McKellen. Is, Ma Ian McKellen. McKellen. 
this is an all time worst performance from a great actor. Oh my there's god! No, there is no first of all no his, worse performance. His skin looks about as fake when he's healthy as it is when he's old. They look both fake. Yeah, like, it's 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 terrible. It's one hundred percent terrible. It's the worst Ian McKellen I've ever seen. It's like this is like a really bad Ian McKellen. It's like, oh, it is Ian McKellen. Why don't oh, we start? Why don't we <laughs> I didn't start? know it was until it's I was bad. like, I know. Why don't we start a, a film festival called Dialing It In Film Festival? And it's just like all the actors who are great, but it's like what? Now, the thing is, I mean, like, but even with like, I've watched this movie enough that like you can see like what is wrong with Ian McKellen's performance. Actually, there's like there's things that are comically wrong for no reason. Like for instance, when he is very very old he has a bad american accent and when he is young he no longer has that accent i'm like did you play like, well you're british when you're young but you're Amer- a grumpy american when you're old uh but like the the thing that he's doing wrong is that he is a he's giving a a, a good stage performance yeah. you know what they could have movie. done though you know what they could have done they could have done a tie-in with X-Men because he is Magneto and he was a, ah, a Jew. And he could right. have made it's it all same happen. Character. Same That's character right. as Magneto. Character. So right. like, like this is the precursor of Magneto. I, the keep. I will. That's I will the prequel. Say the prequel the to the prequel to X Men is the keep, and Ian McKellen is the glue that ties that together. Yeah, I, I'm totally on board with this. A little deep fakery, and you got it totally together. Plus, I never have to watch another goddamn X Men movie again because they're terrible. <laughs> like those are actually bad movies, except for Logan, which is my favorite superhero movie ever. But like, like the X Men movies, X Two is pretty good, uh, but are largely largely bad films. Like like generically bad films whereas like the keep is definitely a mess and you and basically you give up on it because it's so frustrating but uh but like Her even character Ian McKen- oh my god yeah like another bit of bad casting like she's not a bad actor for anything that takes place in modern day but you can't give her this kind of dialogue it doesn't work like it just doesn't work and when she's like then why did you become my lover and you're like, yeah, that love scene. He became a lover. He became a lover. Out of the the Brando film from '71 with the German. Oh, 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 oh yeah, yeah, totally. It's uh, 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 the, yeah. Paris, no. So, uh, yeah, but yes, Paris. Uh, what, what's it called? No. Shoot, God, I can't believe I can't remember. Brando '71. Yeah. The German girl. It's a Bertolucci movie. Yeah, Bertolucci movie. Yeah. Why are we blanking on the name of that? Because movie? we're old. This is how it happens. Uh, uh, Midnight in Paris? No, that's different. Uh, American uh, in Paris? No. No. Okay, get it all out of your system. What is the What is the Brando film it's with the stick of butter? I'll yep. teach you a yeah, lesson you've never forgot. Bertolucci. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, when I put in Brando Bertolucci, it said it filled in butter. Just to let you know how famous <laughs> that scene is. Last Tango in Paris. Last Tango in Paris. There you go. Last Tango in Paris. Okay, so yeah, it, it had like it was like. Because Last Tango is not that movie. Um, no, it, cool like uh, Last Tango is a good movie. That's the sex scene in the Keep is bad. Like it doesn't work. Yeah, but they were like, they were using all. that as inspiration. I'm telling you. Yeah, clearly, clearly. Oh, it was- also, I want to note just a little side note on this one because I watched that scene very carefully. Um, there, <laughs> at the end of the scene, she is laying down and they have their thing. As the camera pans across, you do see pubic hair in that scene right now okay. right. what's interesting about that and i'm just saying this as a note because i remember very specifically the uh, documentary uh um this film is not yet rated have you guys we've talked about this before right yes right yep. um the movie 
the cooler. Do you remember the cooler? Mm-hmm. Yes, with, uh, with Bill Macy. With Mitch Macy. Mm-hmm. He has sex with one of the girls, and there was a scene after they have sex where you get a glimpse of her pubic hair, and they decided that because of that, that movie would be rated NC-17. Where's Just the keep? Be, the keep has it as well. But I'm that just saying, rated the, R. The, yes. And it's rated R. Is it rated R? Or is it even? Yeah. yeah okay. But it's R. It's, it's gross. It's got grossness. Right. You know? But right. I was just like, okay. So I was just like, it's so weirdly R. Like somehow whenever I, if I see something like that, it's like that. Because it's I remember. Arbitrary. And we remember that from, from the MPAA ratings. Of like this is, there's something wrong with that. Sorry, I just need to digress. It's like, ah, no, I mean, like, look, and actually a, there's a nothing wrong with, and first of all, there was nothing wrong with that scene. Like you barely saw her breast or anything else, you know, like or trying to do, like you said, you were right. trying to have sex or whatever. The rape scene was way even oh, though yeah, there was no much, nudity much in it, harrowing. it yeah. was much harder to watch than them right. having sex. <laughs> well, and actually, there's another one I don't want to point out. Like, that's that's a harrowing scene. And it has a, a visual effect in it that I really don't know how they pulled off. Which, it, it, they, where, like, the uh, the light gets sucked out of the Nazi's eyes by the evil creature, right? Right. And, and then his head and, explodes? And, and his head turns into porcelain. Right. And I'm, like, and it's so... Uh, like you, like the shot doesn't cut away. There's no like hiding technology. The guy is like it's pretty like, abrupt though. It's it's very it's very abrupt but perfectly matched. And and if some like, like cuckoo it, optical thing that these guys yeah it's like and it's the it's the kind of thing where I'm like this is like it's not like they just blew up a, a bowl of spaghetti like they uh. they do this very intentional uh, artistic choice of. Of turning them into weird clay sculptures and blowing them apart, and I thought it was interesting. Like it's not, it's like it never goes anywhere, and they don't like pull it off perfectly in terms of like the tone, but it's neat that they try to do it. And the movie is just jam packed with that stuff. Right. And like that's the like the uh, and so you get like Ian McKellen's performance. Like the first time you see it, it's just like God, oh, this is fucking god awful. You know, uh, he like he's he's hamming it up so hard. And then in the end, he's like literally running around with a flashlight that's supposed to be uh, like some sort of mythical object, and right. it looks totally silly. But uh, I'm at the point now where like I've forgiven so much of these things that I'm seeing the weird subtleties that uh, that I can enjoy in it. And uh, like I, I, I gotta I, tell I you, just this ha- is a, it's a weird movie to get hung up on. But that is a I, I had a hard time a with her. For me. She she almost got raped, or is pretty much getting raped. And then the next day, she has sex with a stranger who doesn't, who just happens to be in her hotel room. Oh like, yeah, and, like, and she totally falls in love with him instantaneously. Instantaneously, no <laughs> she asks what his name is after they had sex. Right. Right. Like, like, like how if, did you? If there was some sort of buildup for any of this, it would have made it would work. But like, you his just entire got story raped the day before, there. maybe even like right. twelve hours before. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. make any like, sense. Yeah, and like the and the Scott Glenn's entire story is like, so he was he is like a an angel that is just living in Italy, waiting to get woken up. Greece, Greece he was in Paris. Yeah, right. And so like, uh, it's so like the, it, it's okay to be a little sort of. Uh, undetailed, and his it. weapon is a lead pipe. <laughs> is yeah, and it's just like it's a disaster, right? It's a total it's disaster. Up. Uh, but uh, that that being said, I bet the four hour version is fascinating. Uh, it's like getting like, catheter. I don't, it's called, <laughs> like it's called I a catheter would, cut. <laughs> I would love to see what he was trying to do with this movie, and uh, and like I think there's a there's uh, someone who follows us who is uh, uh, put together a quick 
a Kickstarter for to make a documentary about the making of the keep. And uh, I guess they're almost done. And I'm not the only one who feels this way about this movie. It's a weird, really weird acquired taste obsession. Um, and, uh, and this guy has made a documentary that, uh, you can look up. It's supposed to be coming out this year, next year. And, uh, I'm interested to see as much as he's put together. And I think including an interview, I'm not sure with Michael Mann, but certainly with, uh, Jurgen Prochnow, who plays one of the uh, main characters, uh, to see like what they were, what they were up to in making this movie. Because like, unlike legend, right? Like legend is like, they had all the money and time in the world and they made something kind of half-assed. Like this thing was obviously no. Uh, I think they made the something studio. very intentional, and then they yeah. lost sight of the big picture. That's I think yeah. the problem like with it's, Legend. It's right. an extremely well executed film, but they lost sight of the big picture. They were right. just focused on the spectacle, <laughs> right? And this in this movie, Keep is sort of the opposite, right? It's sort of like they have they have a bunch of big ideas that they want to try to get at, and they haven't really figured it out. It's sort of like hustled together. There's not really enough money and the studio definitely hates everything and cuts it all out. So like, that's like, there's a, there's a weird fairy tale. When I watched this, I, when I watched this, knowing that I work with one of the producers, I watched this and I was like, I know exactly why this fell apart. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Uh, because he's, he's, a, he's a real big picture guy, you know, and he's very forceful. Right. Right. And, and if you don't have experience or you don't have the power, right. Right. Then he can drag you down a rabbit hole. Well, like, and if the rabbit hole that... doesn't work, it doesn't matter. He'll walk away and right. say, eh, he fucked it up. Right. Uh, I'm hundred percent. Like, that's what I've been dealing with. That... Because uh, like Thief is a great film, but it's a it's a small film by comparison. It is right, you know, and uh, and obviously he's taking on like some giant giant stuff, just technically taking on some giant stuff uh, in making the keep, and it, it looks like like he's not the at home star- in Chicago. He's not at home in Chicago in in every possible way you could mean that, you know, like he is that this is not a centered movie by a decisive artist. This is a a, a person who's got really really great ideas and hasn't figured out how to do them yet. And, uh, and so like the, the artist in me falls in love with that. And like there, there's a, there's a center to the movie. Like the, I, the good movie doesn't it's exist. not Michael's fault. Yeah, I, exactly. I can tell you right now because right. Uh, the person in per- that I talk about, I've been working with for over a year now. And I, when I saw this, Michael Mann's a visionary guy, but I've seen in my personal thing, and I'm not going to say names because there's two producers, you can guess that mm-hmm. it's just. The part, the guy's very smart, and he's he's got very forceful in what he wants. And if you don't have something to back yourself up, like a, a resume or a career or a hit film, right. you could and it could just be the worst ideas in the world. And right. you know, like I really felt that way when I saw him pull up to this area with the trees, and then his eyes glowed, and everybody just fell aside. It was like a little Star Wars thing, you know. Right. Right. And. That was like, that's a solution. Come on, you know, right. let's just do it that way. And that's how he gets there in her bed. Yeah. And it was just like, we've got to make the love, make it seem big, you know, and it just doesn't work with a vision. Right. 
So yeah, I, th- I think yeah, I think you're totally right because obviously a man gets right back on track immediately after this, and he takes total control of the kinds of movies he makes like 100. percent And like obviously people people I know who have worked with Michael Mann say he is a tough guy to work with. Yeah, you know, he's a he's he's so specific and absolutely relentless in going after you know uh, exactly what he wants um, okay. that he that he can be really uncomfortable to work with. But like like bet that that attitude comes from this disaster like yes you don't want to be bullied by somebody you have no respect for and but that person has power and he is the connection to the studio right right and And that's i I think the the one thing that's really too bad is that like there the moments that really work in that movie are unique to fantasy period not just fantasy the 80s but he, he's on the verge of figuring out something really great in that movie I, I really feel it and like there's you see glimpses of it and and if he had been allowed to figure it out like it would have been this uh a completely new experience um instead it feels really throttled you know and i think that the uh you know that he that he retreats and goes back to making crime films and stuff like that which he's incredible at of course you know, uh, it's it's a loss because like if he had if he had made a can you imagine what a Michael Mann science fiction movie would have been like made you know like if he, if he had made something like if Michael Mann had taken on a Blade Runner style movie uh, by now it would have been one of the greatest science fiction films ever made and I think he's been I think he was probably dissuaded mm. by that from this this experience you know like I mean like if you if he took on a science is fiction that a bad movie, thing it's not a bad thing we got all of his movies to me all of his movies are great. You know, but it's just like I—I I hate that. Like, there's this, there's another path out there. You know, I, I you know, so I let trade Michael Mann, like, let, let Michael Mann do film. Heat and let you know uh, Ridley Scott do Alien, right? Or, oh, sure, you know absolutely. I mean? So, so I, you know, they can all do their own thing. They can do what they want to do. I just feel like there's if there's any self consciousness in that guy's career, it's what came off of this movie, and I feel like that that's a lasting sting. I would love because he's talked about making sci fi before. I don't think it's a bad thing for people to be humbled. You know, oh well, yeah, well, absolutely not. Yeah, but I mean, like, like he oh has talked God. about making a science fiction picture like at least ten times, and he's never gone after it. Like he's like, no, one of these days I really got to do that. One of these days I really got to do that, and then he doesn't do it. And I think it's because of uh, the way that this that thing fell through. It's the only thing he's been self conscious about. Do you guys have? I mean, like, there are other movies like this. Like, I kind of feel this way about Dune. I know that one of our former guests definitely feels this way about Dune. You know, like Dune is an almost great movie uh, that kind of falls apart. Is there anything like that you guys Brazil. have? Brazil, Brazil, okay, Brazil, Brazil. Sid Sheinberg recut it. It's called the Sid Sheinberg cut. The so one that thing. came out. Yeah, yeah. he bullied. Bully, right. bully, bully, uh, Gilliam. Yeah. Like, for me, Gilliam's best movie is still uh, uh, Holy Grail. Like, I think that's a brilliantly directed movie. And that's also half Terry Jones. Yeah, yeah. I like uh, I like Brazil. Brazil. I like Brazil. I actually and, uh, would love it to King. cover Brazil. The Fisher King. I haven't seen that in a while yet. Yeah. The Fisher King is really good. Anyone oh, in the should... audience, what's your favorite? Uh, what, is, what is your favorite uh, uh, Terry Gilliam fan would love to know? Oh, I'm just going to do a quick catch up on a bunch of things that happened in chat. Uh, just to put up a bunch of stuff. Uh, oh, just uh, as part of uh, Legend, Meg Mucklebones, um, which is the witch that uh, Tom Cruise decapitates. I wanted to say that's some of my favorite makeup ever. 
It's fantastic. Those uh, and I didn't know. Yeah, they're incredible. And the Robertine, Robertine is amazing. Robert Picardo from what Voyager? I think it's Voyager. He plays the, the holographic vo- uh, Doctor on Voyager. Played that. That's ex- that's an excellent note. Uh, and then we have uh, uh, plagued production on the keep from Wikipedia entry. Two weeks into post-production, visual effects supervisor Wally Vivers died, which caused enormous problems. Um, also says, Sunshine killed Danny Boyle's interest in making sci-fi as well. Totally agreed there. And then Monkey Man chips in, James Con Twitter is the best because he ends every tweet with end of tweet, end of tweet. Thank you, guys. I just want to call those things out. <laughs> end of tweet. <laughs> end, of, end of chat catch up. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sort of a Gilliam fan. Like, I think that Gilliam is one of those guys that he... Really, Actually, like Twelve Monkeys. Although I was like, you can't redo, redo La Jete, and then I was like, mm, I kind of like Twelve Monkeys. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I'm, look, I love, I love La Jete, and that screenplay is phenomenal. Like for Twelve Monkeys, that's by mm-hmm. uh, the guy who wrote Unforgiven and Blade Runner, mm-hmm. uh, David Peebles. Um, and I think that uh, I feel bad if I ever meet the guy. I don't know what Terry Gilliam is like. I think you made as like he made the least interesting version of that screenplay I could imagine. I do want to meet him though. I bet he's an interesting fella, for sure. I, I've wanted to meet him because you know my middle name is Gilliam. Is it? Yeah, it's Eric Paul Gilliam Shealy. And my grandmother was a Gilliam from Tidewater, Virginia. And he is from Tidewater, Virginia. Uh, you were you were tied in there, genetically. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, truthfully, because he grew up in California, but they're from Virginia. And I read that like 20 years ago. I was like, God, I swear, because literally it's uh, my grandmother is from, my father's mother is from Virginia. Yeah, I, I, it's I French Huguenot, Guillaume. Oh yeah, Guillaume. yeah, okay, Guillaume. Guillaume. Yeah. There's no yep. L's in the in the in the. Guillaume. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, I've uh, always liked uh, Brazil. Do you guys away. do you guys know the story of the 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 uh, the lawsuit in Twelve Monkeys? Yes. No, I do not. Uh, uh, about the guy, his studio was next to a friend of mine's. And uh, in New York on Canal Street, and he was a teacher of Columbia, and I love yeah. his stuff. And I used to go by the studio. Uh, 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 Libius Woods. Libius Woods. His studio was on Canal next to Norm, this photographer I knew. Right. And, and when so Norm just people know, it's a lot of uh, the architect people that wa- there's like, you know, pretty much. Carlos Bertrand, worked for him. Bertrand, Bertrand would only be the only person who knows. But there's a guy, a famous, famous uh, architectural illustrator named uh, uh, Libius Woods, uh, who did some fantastic concept art. Oh, wait, I can put it in the chat. You Someone, can put it in the chat. Hold on. Uh, anyway, uh, um, hold on. I'm gonna, he, uh, his studio was next to, um, on right where that circle is, do you go to the tunnel on Canal Street, on 14th Street? Uh, yeah. There was a building overlooking it. And um, by, like, almost catty corner of the Bubby Cafe, uh, Bubby's by the, uh, by the Citibank in Soho, yeah, and that's where uh, De Niro owns that building. But it was right. his uh, his office was next door to a guy, a photographer, I knew like twenty five years ago. And I used to go visit him. He would be like ranting about something. I'd be like, "Fuck, I gotta get out of this place." And I would go next door, and the door would be open. They'd build models, and the models would be like the size of this tape. It's huge, like balsa wood, like coolest stuff. And I would just be like, "My God, this is so cool!" I'm putting another up, giant link here, and nice. I would chat. go and check them out and talk to the guys, and then go back to Norm's place. And uh, whatever, dude. 
And uh, he was <laughs> crazy. But it was funny. I mean, th that stuff was beautiful. But it was the chair on the sure. wall, right? Yeah, the chair on the wall was it was around that time where I used off, to go there. Yeah, directly ripped off from Libius Wood. So I'm actually going to click. And I remember talking to the guys in his office about that. Yeah, oh, I so, love this stuff. I don't think so, I've ever seen Libius Wood. So, so, so they pretty much completely stole Libius Wood's painting, and it's actually here on our web, on his website. Uh, Libius Woods has passed away, unfortunately, these days. Yes. Uh, but, but if you click on that next link. Carlos Fuaya worked for him. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so yeah. that was directly ripped off. Uh, for 12 Monkeys. For 12 Monkeys. Yeah, and it wasn't until Libius Woods went to go see the movie. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's yeah, my that drawing. If you That's my drawing. <laughs> yeah, if you look it. down here, uh, Dan. And there was a lawsuit uh, that happened. Uh, oh yeah, and he, oh right there. It's it's. If in you that see page. the models in there, Dan, uh -huh. that's the the studio made the models, and they were right. like to walk in a room while they're like gluing this stuff. It was like God, I love his style, yeah. and the door would be open for ventilation. I would just like walk in, like hey dudes, and I'd just be like God, that is so beautiful. Oh, I just yeah, love I mean, this like, stuff. That's ninety two, ninety three, ninety four around right. there. Wait, wait, yeah. okay, so, so we, we might have missed a couple of uh, chat things going Go on. Uh, Look at that uh, model. Uh, Jason said uh, uh, Time Batted was one of his favorites. So that's actually, that's pretty good. Oh, I like Time Batted. Time Batted is another one. That's good. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yep. And also, um, I do like um, uh, 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 Count, um, what's the, from 87. Oh, uh, Baron van Munchausen? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's pretty good too. Yeah, I like that a lot. It's okay. I remember liking a lot. When I, yeah, it's like it's visually it's one of, it's his best looking movie. I think it's a really nice. Uma Thurman was so hot. Picardo. Like uh, yeah, and uh, what's his name plays the uh, the the god of fire that uh, that has the crush on Thurman. Is very funny. Robin I, I Williams. Say, no, no, I think it's um, uh, he was in Gladiator. He's in. Um, Oh, oh I know. He is. Yeah. He died during Gladiator. Yes, he died in he Gladiator. And he also was best friends with Keith Moon. That he's, was, a, he's in The Devils, right? He's in The yes, Devils. Yes, that was yeah, Keith uh, Moon's best friend. Um, yeah. Raging uh, alcoholic. Oh, my God, dude. Uh, <laughs> this what was is his it. Name? Nano Man. That's so embarrassing. Yeah, let's see. The Devils is by... He was a boxer, I think, at first. Yeah, he, definitely. And he's also in um, the... Uh, the Devil's movie. Hang on. God, it's, I can't believe I can't remember these things anymore. The Devil's. Yeah, Oliver Reed. Yeah. yeah Oliver. No one wanted to work to, with him. And I think uh, Ridley Scott had to, like, promise his salary or something ridiculous if he screwed up. Oh, yeah. I, I bet it. I bet because it's true. Like, I mean, like, he's not going. He's too wild. Yeah, I mean, Oliver Reed is, is incredible. Like he, like he does like all of his work, whether it's nuts or not. It's I always felt watch. I Love always him. liked him because I was a huge Keith Moon fan growing up. Yeah, and I loved Keith Moon and uh, his style, and I just and I just was like I knew they were really really close, and I always thought Colin Farrell would do a great Oliver Reed bio story. The madness, <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, right? Sure. Because the, yeah. The, and I'm giving somebody away an idea for a film, but like he bought an old estate. And he spent all his money to restore it. And everyone on the estate was like, they're not drifters, but I'm a gardener, but I've never gardened before. It was just like, okay, I'm, you know, 14,000 pounds a day. You know, it's just that kind of thing. And it just totally took him. And it would be great. 
Like Oliver, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. This is interesting. Like, uh, uh, Oliver Reed werewolf makeup on the Curse of the Werewolf. I never <laughs> nice. saw the Curse of the Werewolf. Nice, because, yeah. nice. I've I've not seen Curse of the Werewolf. That's an excellent poll. And I also want to like throw in there for Oliver Reed in uh, Burnt Offerings, one of the most hilarious, unintentionally hilarious uh, horror pictures ever made, nineteen seventies with Karen Black. Yes, and Oliver Reed. But some um, of the stuff he did in the sixties English films were cool. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. And yeah, I really can't recommend uh, uh, The Devils enough. The Devils is f- it's crazy. The Devils is really crazy. And it's got what Lynn Redgrave, I want to say. Uh, I think he was and, a boxer or something. What was yeah. he prior? I would not be surprised. It's like Victor McLaughlin is the same thing. He was a, a boxer or something. And then he's like, I'm going to try to be an actor. I'm going to be yeah. right back, guys. I'll be right back. That's yeah, you bullshit, Chris. Gosh. <laughs> Yeah, well, he uh, he worked as a boxer, a bouncer, a cab driver, and a hospital porter. Then he did his compulsory armors, army service, uh, and then uh, later became an actor. But yeah, this guy is like 100% testosterone all the time. Oh, yeah. Testosterone and, and whiskey. That's what that dude was made of. And if you want to see a crazy, crazy film, definitely watch, look up uh, The Witches, which I think might be also in Tommy. Devils. That's how Tommy, he, he yep. became good friends with, with um, Keith Moon. Keith Moon. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, yeah. Uncle Boris is what, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, terrific. He's in uh, Oliver, right? He's also, uh, he plays uh, the, That's right. one of the bad guys in Oliver. But yeah, he's a really, really terrific actor. And I believe the story was, and this may be mythological, but like the when they were filming Gladiator, he died. I believe he died in a bar drinking. In Malta. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, that's how he wanted to go out, for sure. It's like, I'm going to make my liver explode. That is my plan. Yeah, he had a heart attack while drinking. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that, man. And then, uh, famously, they CG'd his face. Through the gates. Yeah, that's right. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. It was was pretty solid. That was a pretty solid bit of work. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely a fan of that guy. Um, But yeah, I think, like, Terry Gilliam, I I lost my taste for Terry Gilliam, or I, I I stopped cutting him slack. When uh, I saw the documentary about the making of... Yep. Uh, he refused uh, to go out to talk to the crew. Oh, oh I was like, you're an That's, asshole. Yeah. The, the <laughs> like Don Quixote. Instant, yeah, that was, was the like, Don Quixote thing. You're an unredeeming fat- prick. That's <laughs> like right. I'd, you're, an, you're a narcissist. Unforgiving. Yep, yeah, yep. Forget it. Like, and, it, and it was, I, I remember watching it and thinking, like, I, I could feel my respect for the guy just literally fly out the That's window. funny you say that. The same thing with me, because they were begging him to go out. I was like, come on, dude. Absolutely disgusted. What are you talking really about? Terrible. Uh, talking and about I the, was the, like, that's something Dan Thrawn would do, but why I've would done you a few do times, it? Clearly, but he did it so much better, and I'm jealous. The um, uh, when In the making of the, Don Quixote, the movie, the documentary about the making of Lost in La Mancha. Lost in La Mancha. Like, uh, there's a scene when, like, he's... He's so uh, like he would call he causes problems for himself and then blames others around him like ten times in that movie. Uh, be perfect and, for Hollywood. And then he and then he bitches about how it never goes his way. And then he sounds like uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, he's like uh, China. And like he's you know he's don't like, wear he a mask. Go, I got COVID. <laughs> you know, like everything's gone wrong, and he won't go out to tell to talk to the crew. And I'm, like, I'm just like, oh my god, Dean Kane, that guy, Dean really Kane, not Dean Kane. What was that, Herman Kane? No, yeah. Dean Kane would have been great though. Herman Kane, yeah. <laughs> Herman Kane <laughs> died yeah. of COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's Sad. a while ago, dude. That right after I the know, Kansas City rally, which he went. That's to. right. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, D-Day happened a while ago. I still talk about it, but I'm just saying, yeah. It's, like, it's just, yes, it was, it was, I just was like, he went to a rally and the guy died. And the guy died. Well, that's, mm -hmm. it, that's what this thing does. That's what this thing does for sure. Super spreader. But, um, but yeah, like the, uh, super spreader. Super spreader. That's such a great name for like a, like a chicken and waffle house. Super spreader. Dude. <laughs> I'm surprised that's not already a punk band by, by this point. <laughs> the thing that's funny happening. is that pe the, like the super Trump people are like embracing that as a positive thing. Like, let's go it's, get the Trump word out. The super spreaders. Uh, like, uh, are you man. kidding me? You, you are killing people. Do you uh, like, but that they don't care. They no. don't care. Nope. Yeah, I try to get, I try to understand their point of view, or try to understand why they're thinking the way they're thinking, and it's very difficult. Like mm -hmm. I, I, like I, because they're human, they're human beings, and they, I know that they're not careless, evil people who want people to die, uh, but they have been, they've obviously been led astray into mm -hmm. thinking that this is, like, what this somehow that this is all somehow a good idea, and uh, and I, I feel, and no, I don't mean to insult anybody with this. I really feel after all this that if you're supporting him and no joke, you're in a cult. <laughs> like you are caught yes. in a cult now. Like this guy well, is they, dangerous. For, for, okay, so, so there's, there's a person there's a person I know that basically was, you know, is uh, clearly has been listening to some AM radio talk show, conservative talk sure. shows, and basically giving these pieces of information back uh and i'm like where are you you have you thought this through because you used to be a yeah. person of science and what you're saying like it's like i was like a thousand people have died every day of this thing this is back you know during the peak of the death when they were right. going and he said it's like well yeah it's like well you know not no more than Anyone that dies falling in a bathtub, I was like, if a thousand people die every <laughs> <For> day <laughs> in their bathtub, yeah. we would have we, regulations we about bathtubs, bathtubs. right? Like yeah. a, that, that? No, that is not incorrect. That is not correct information. Yep. And like, Man. but somehow the tone in which they're being told this information is like, uh huh, uh huh. And they just sit well, there and nod, the thing, right? right? So, so there's been a viral thing about the person at the town town hall of, of Trump, of some person background going, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, just nodding at Trump. I'm like, right. you were in a cult. You're exactly yeah. right. And the thing is, man, when I say that, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be degrading to someone. Like when someone is caught in a cult, like I feel. Uh, bad for them oh, I feel, like anybody, I absolutely feel anybody bad. can be caught in a cult like and like 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 people that are right you know trapped in scientology or something like this like i don't like i don't think of them as deserving what they get i'm thinking of them as i hope that they that people can get out of that situation because it's really bad for you it's and really for bad your family yeah you know and i and i it's come to the point where i'm just like you know lots and lots and lots of people are dying you know and like we're it's you know, this is getting to be unsolvable. Right. And it's because people need to, they have this need to believe in what they've been told by this guy in some sort of like, um, uh, what do you call it? Like, uh, what's the, the fallacy, the gambler's fallacy? Like you've invested so much in supporting this dude that to admit that you're wrong uh, is you just can't do it. So you, so you put the rest of your chips down on the table. I'm all in. Know. Yeah, I'm all in. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and you, you got to get out of that hole. And like, cause I'm not, I'm not even, you know, if you, anyone who knows me 
politically. Like I'm not like I'm, I'm ex an extremely left wing person, but I'm uh, equally critical of like um, uh, left wing politicians. Yes, uh, there's a lot of left wing propaganda out there that yeah, is like that I is have, bad, <laughs> very I, bad. I, like I, I try I try my very best to be yeah. uh, like to do the same for everybody. Like I don't just yep. automatically give people credit. Um, but this is, this has come to a point where I'm like, like there's, there's gotta be some sort of inter intervention because like the, like when we get by this election, um, like, I mean, hopefully he's out of office. Like if he's out of office, like the people who've been infected with this disease, not coronavirus, but Trumpism, right. They're Americans and they need our care. Right, like, but they, 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 but the next, the this. next, the, because after Trump, if Trump leaves, if, if mm. it's not like oh now we gotta you know take you out of the cave and show you the sunlight, right? There, there, the QAnon <laughs> yeah, is going man. to freaking destroy it, right? Right, and then right. the and and basically that cult has mm. told all the militia that they are uh, empowered to do what the fuck they want. Right. And that's what I'm really this, I'm worried about the militia. Yeah, this is, really. this is yeah, this is how like because I mean you don't need a lot of extremists to cause giant problems. Mm -hmm. Like 20 extremists on September 11th caused a huge disaster, you know, that's yeah. just 20 people. And so like obviously that's the kind of zone we're getting into and the reason why is like I was actually I'm sorry this gotten all off track politically, but like to, just to talk about like the uh they're doing the um what do you call it? The uh, Supreme Court nominee, uh, nominee uh, uh, yep. hearings. And um, Senator Whitehouse got, got up and gave a half an hour speech, essentially saying, here's what's happening. Right. And, and to like, do the very quickest sum up of what he said is like these, the, the people who are making this happen, right. Um, uh, are trying to get uh, this woman who is very conservative appointed to the court. Like, they don't care whether or not, like, what you're upset about. They're not in it because they want, uh, they, like, the people who are paying for this stuff, they don't care whether uh, gay people can get married or not. They care that it's a hot-button issue, so they can make a big, uh, they can convince uh, hard-line right-leaning uh, uh, right people to uh, Vote fight, for them. So, to vote for them and put her on the Supreme Court. So, like, because it goes before the court, like, and they get her in there, and she is going to vote for corporate deregulation. That's exactly what it's That's about. That's what they want. This what it's about. <laughs> she, like, they it's don't not care. about any it's of the, the stuff that we care about. It's the Southern strategy. It's the Southern strategy. They That's actually don't care about abortion. They don't care. Yeah. In fact, Those abortion is something tools. that has nothing to do. They are using it as tools to get the religious yes. right to vote for them. That's yes. how they flipped That's in the 60s. That's how they flipped the entire South from, yeah, from, from left strategy. to Right. right. And it is right. it is all about they because you cannot get things. the people to actually willingly vote pro corporation. The only yeah, way it's against gonna, everybody's interest because it's against everyone's <laughs> interest. It's against corporate. So right. so they only want her there to vote for corporate interests and capitalism. Right. That's all that's happening, guys. Like everybody, this is what I will say. Because like I am, it's not about flag burning. It's not about nope, abortion. Zero. Nothing. Like these are <laughs> all like I, I care. I mean, I care very much. It's not about gay gun rights. control I either. Much, I care 
Like, I care very much for all of these things, but the reason why the right fights so hard against gay marriage and uh, against trans rights and against all this stuff is because they have been whipped they up want into a the, fury. They want the religious it. people. Right. And the reason why they've been whipped up into a fury is because corporations want to have no regulations. And the fact is that the, 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 the fact that these people that sorry, these people, the fact that the religious people are so much in a tizzy that they are willing to call Donald Donald Trump of all people of all people. They are calling Donald Trump their savior. Of right. all people, just shows how corrupted they are yeah, as a religious cult. people. Yes. Well, the thing is because it's become a cult of personality around this guy, right? And this is all that's happening is you're being swept up into a cult. The cult is being paid for by near trillionaires who want to screw you out of a bunch of money. That's all that's happening. You're being ripped off. We're what, the Republicans and Democrats, we're all on the same side. We're the Americans that they are screwing. Like these are international corporations, and they don't care if America collapses. Trump doesn't care if suddenly there's violence in the streets. Like what they care about is deregulation of their That's shit. That's the only thing they care about. Yep. That's why this is happening. They want control of the courts. Ironically, voting Nixon was started the EPA. Just saying. Yep. <laughs> Just yeah, saying. And that's the end of our political segment for... <laughs> for Just today. saying. Yeah, like this is, it's very, I'm sorry that it all came up at once. It's very frustrating because I, like I, I constantly... I feel um, like I needed to pop that pimple, but it's, yeah, it's it out there. Well, because like I'm, <laughs> I, I end up arguing with everybody on Facebook because I'm, I'm constantly preaching like, like uh, because I have a lot of people who are, um, uh, a lot of people who are friends and family that are Trump supporters and right wing. And I don't unfriend people. Like they're my friends, you know? And like, I understand that they have, different points of view on whatever than I do. But I never want to, like, like you just cut spoke them of out. Nixon. You, know, you just uh, spoke of Nixon, guys. This is a site I discovered, like, three weeks ago. It is a hilarious site. But oh, actually very... What, it's called What the Fuck Happened in 1971. It is the most genius site. Oh These God, guys are young guys, and they traced all our problems to 1971. Well, also, curiously, that's Which, my birth year. Mine, too. <laughs> so, uh, so yes. Read that site. It's a Not really interesting site. They awesome. have graphs. I like graphs. I'm a graph fan. And it's totally uh, like, wow, you're right. Oh, my God. You're yep. right. You know what my favorite uh, – you know what my favorite uh, – uh, the, the, site, the site that I go to oh. – uh, on, on a on a on a multiple day, so I used to go to the Verge. I still do go to the Verge several times a day to just check out any news on on technology because the Verge is a really well covered. I like site. that site. You told me about that site. Yeah, it's it's, very good site. it's really good. But now now the the only way every time something political pops up on my feed from a news or something like that, and I and I get a little bit of anxiety, I need to go back to math to mm-hmm. to to help me. And the only <laughs> to way see what's true. <laughs> to see what's true, and the only thing that's really helping me right now is five thirty eight because right. five thirty eight right. is like here's information, here's yep. some stats. The, exactly. <laughs> Here are things that are actually happening. Yes, here's the actual information, and then but, if you read their analysis, like, well, this happened. Did this? You know, based on our study. This ridiculous news that everyone's blowing out of proportion is really not having any effect right. on the actual thing. It's like, okay, thank you, because right. all I'm reading is like, this crazy thing happened. And then like five days, like, it had no effect on what actually happened. 
Right. The debate like happened. That, it's a disaster. It's like it yeah, has no matter. effect that, that much. That doesn't flu- <laughs> like no fluctuation from that stuff. Like the only thing that any of that stuff does, and this is the reason why they picked Trump as their uh, front man, is is that uh, all that stuff just adds to the division. It's the distraction hand. Yeah. Here's this what's going what on. Keep going. Exactly. Well, meanwhile, right. Mitch McConnell's going, okay, you guys look at Trump and his tweets, and meanwhile, I'm going to change all of the judges across the entire United States. Yeah. It's all about exactly. the judges, guys. It's yeah. all about the judges. It's the only reason people like Mitch McConnell have ever tolerated Trump right. is because they say this is the we as got four years. Puts on a show We've got four years because he is going stuff. to get voted out. We got four years to change yep. the entire judiciary system, yes. and yep. that's he is going to get voted out, dude. Yeah, it doesn't so. matter. That's so they worked. He they is. did an amazing job in four years of changing the entire judiciary system so that they could get their regulations passed. And it's going to be right. really, 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 really hard to to deal with that. Um, yep. And and yeah, so there you go. But that's a, like to, to sum up my thoughts on that is just like all that comes down to. If you are, if you are, if you've been made so angry that you are unable to talk to somebody from the right at all, like in your family or a friend, if you yeah. cannot talk to them literally at all, that's what they wanted you to do. They want right. you to not talk to them because they need that. They need the conversation to be superheated and totally divided. And if they can do that, they can get done what they want to get done, which has nothing to do with all the shit that we're mad about. Yeah. And if so, if you're if you are mad, you are being manipulated. That's what's yeah. happening to you. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so, like, and so, so like Trump I, is perfect for that. Actually, if you think about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's been his scam the whole time. That's what he does. That's why they put him up. And so, like the so. Uh, Let's I, talk I, about I, corruption. Like, I'm going to keep. The, I'm going to go back to the keep. I love it. Yes. Okay. We're coming back around. There it is. This and is all about Hitler. <laughs> Yes, yes. The same evil mm-hmm. that you had did. You think you're doing the right thing by yes. electing this person or releasing this person from the prison right. to fight that evil that you thought it was. And then you could say, you know, Obama has been evil and we elected Trump to do this. Right. And now all shit, we have to deal with Trump. Or you could say, you know, we elected uh, Ronald Reagan and then all of a sudden Clinton's in power. And oh, right, crap, right. you know, well, you can say the right. same thing, right? Well, this, so, is, this is something I'm fascinated about. Please continue. This is, I'm fascinated about this in the keep. We can actually be right. So about in the keep, keep right they basically talk about, I mean, it's basically like I am, I am, you know, here, here it is. Hitler is there. I mean, this is Hitler is such an easy thing, right? Yeah. We all know hitler as great in fact they even call it out hitler is more evil than the devil and this yeah. guy is clearly the devil right or right. something a representation of the devil it's like right. it's okay because hitler is so evil that the devil said he will kill hitler so therefore i'm all accepting of the devil i support the yes this is the this is the key fascination to me this is a very good point about the keep right i it's a little See, so cheap a film that it kind yeah, of doesn't, did, get it, exactly. doesn't get it. Exactly, but, you're, but you hear what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. in there. It's just covered by all these other problems. Like mm-hmm. here's the thing that I love about this movie and is near and dear to my heart. I love how we'd be able like, to turn this political conversation back into the key. Back into it. Now here it is. Is you that notice how it, I didn't get on that political bandwagon? No, no, God you did a good you. job. God bless you, Eric. But yeah, like the. But the, I want you to the, contribute to the rest of this conversation from now on. Oh come on! I've been talking this. Like, <laughs> come, on. come on! I've been talking forever, haven't I? Yeah, no, you do. It's beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, like the 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 evil of the keep, like Gabriel Byrne and the Nazis, like the SS, are obviously horribly evil monsters, right? But they are not the monster of the movie. The monster of the movie doesn't care who lets him out 
right? And this is the thing. It's like the uh, the monster of the movie appeals to the good guys because he says, I'll kill all the bad the guys for it. I'll kill all the bad guys for you. Yeah. Just let me out. And what that That's is. That's what Donald Trump did. <laughs> right. Well, this is what, exactly. Donald Trump is, uh, is, is the, is the demon from the keep. Like he is saying like, I will let these guys out. And like, and to the, and, you know, for and what it is, is it's unleashing, uh, irredeemable rage, you know? Right. And if like, and this is what the, this is where we are at. I feel, uh, and this is the tipping point that I feel that we're at is that, uh, when you, uh, give in to, uh, rage and revenge so thoroughly, um, you are unleashing a kind of evil that only inspires more evil. And like point. once, once you demonize someone so thoroughly that you will do evil itself to get back at them, yep. then that violence will never ever stop. The only way you're going to, you're going to find middle ground is to listen to both sides. Now, yes. and I'm going to, I'm going to go that to, to who is the, the, who is the middle Nazi man? Like the good Nazi. The good, you know? Yeah. That is a Jürgen Prochnow plays the, the, right. the, yeah. the, 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 not a Nazi Nazi. The like not he's, a Nazi, he's, Nazi. He's just a German soldier. He's not. He's just, he's not right. He's right. Not right. But he, but he actually says is like, your son and I would have fought on the same side. And that is the point that he's trying to make is like, right. I would have been, he, we are not so different somehow because right. your son and my, and, and myself would have been fighting on the same side in that, right. which is kind of weird and ironic, right? Did a, did a, did a, did a Jew and a, and a Nazi would have been fighting on the same side in, in, in Spain. Maybe right. that's where the four hour version I believe gone. that's exactly what he w wanted to get into. Yeah, right. It's like the, but that's a, that's that's the power of the movie is that like because like when I talk about this stuff when it, in terms of politics, like people will get mad at me and saying like you know oh there's no middle ground on racism and I'm, I agree there is no middle ground on racism, but like when you say listening to people that doesn't mean you are agreeing with them or giving them anything, like you're just agreeing to listen to what they have to say so you can help them. There is a out reason what actually mad about. There is a reason that they are racist. Yes. Like there's, and there's, there's a, a cure. And it's you not, can cure that if you talk to them about it. Yeah. It's and it, possible. Yes. It's not, it's not highly possible. It may be only 0.03%. Right. But, uh, but it's worth doing because 0% really blows. The only way to cure <laughs> racism is to listen to racists and figure out what made them that way. Yeah, exactly. What, what is the mechanism that caused this in you? Right. And like, like that doesn't mean you, you, that you have to be, uh, that you have to like them. It doesn't mean you have to like forgive them and treat them super nicely and nope. be kind. It doesn't mean, it, it just means you have to go, okay, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Right. Like he has a sickness. He has a virus that is making him think this idiotic thing. Like if it were, if it were actually a virus, we'd treat him differently. You know, what's interesting as I was thinking about that is, uh, uh, so I, I, when I lived in Texas, I was, uh, 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 you know, when I was in architecture school, I was taking a documentary film class and, and, and I got in, I got involved and, and ended up hanging out with, uh, this guy who lived in a trailer park in, in, on the outskirts of Houston. And I made a documentary about him and it was very interesting. Right. And he was definitely, you know, some guy who lived in a trailer park and, and everything else. He's a fascinating character, very charismatic, right? Mm -hmm. He also treated me with complete open arms and uh, we hung out 
And he let me into his world and to his family and everything and allowed me to say, it's like, hey, I want, I'm, I'm doing this documentary film. Can I do a documentary film about you? And goes, fuck yeah, man, do whatever you want. You know, and he was really cool. Right. And I started to like, and I started to realize like, he definitely said some racist things, hardcore sure. racist things, right? Yeah. And I was like, he didn't actually disrespect black people. He actually had people he knew he were who were black, right. right? It was just part of the conversation around that area that was right. made it that it's, way. And it's all just accepted. Which is it was nonsense. just kind of accepted and nonsense. And it's like, that's, yeah. you know, you realize that's not right. And he's like, I didn't say that, but like, I didn't like say, you're a racist. Like, I didn't say that. And like, I would just kind of like looked at it and then thought about it. And so, um, uh, the, uh, I was talking about it with my documentary film guy who, who was a fascinating guy who actually did a documentary about, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> He's a really cool guy, uh, at, at, at Rice. But anyway, uh, he did, there was another guy, he showed me another documentary that one of his other students did who somehow got in touch with, the grand dragon of the Ku Klux Klan who lived oh, yeah. in Pasadena, right. Texas, right? right? And he did a documentary about that guy. And that guy was definitely hardcore racist. And then the, the more I looked at what that hardcore racist guy was doing versus the guy who I met in a trailer park, right? Mm -hmm. The hardcore racist guy, he, yes, he was racist, but it wasn't about racism. It was about power. About power. Yeah. And that like has these, nothing. These, that's those are two really different disgusting. things. Those yeah. are two different things. Right. The other guy was like, I like, actually don't care about people. I like people. Right. This like, person has to be black, what? so I, I, I assume they're inferior. The other guy right. was like, I That's am white, you, yeah. like, and therefore I am superior. And right. I am like, a better Because you take something like Donald Trump. Donald Trump is – like the fact that he's racist is immaterial. What is like, – right. yes, he is racist. But what is truly, truly evil about him – is that he is a narcissistic manipulator of people who are ignorant. Right. Like, and he uses... Yeah, that's, he, that's what he, he is. is. Yeah. He is perfectly He's happy disturbed. to use... He is perfectly happy to use their racist, uh, like, bred-in attitudes right. uh, for his advantage and be incredibly cruel to everybody because he doesn't give a shit. Like, that's, what's, that's what he does. Right. You know, like, somebody who has been... It's like, you know, like, I... And I'm not trying to, again, I'm not trying to grant any kind of clemency to people that have been cruel or uh, horrible people. Uh, I'm just saying that if you want to overcome this problem, then you can't scream it out of people. It's like, that's not going to happen. And if you try to fight it out of them, it's going to bake it into them. Like you need to find a way to deprogram them. Like you have to treat it like it's a disease. Racism is a disease. That's what it is. Trumpism is a disease. It's a, and, and if you're going to, unless you're going to say like, fuck it, I guess like every single election will be contested with possible violence forever. Like, unless you're fine with that, unless you're fine with your kids having to face the violence that you don't want to solve, then, you know, like you have to do something else and you have to find a way to, uh, care for these people and treat them like they're sick because they're sick. Like we have a person in charge who is manipulating that to his advantage and it's disgusting. And if that dude rots in jail, I could care less. I'm not talking right. about being empathic towards like, oh, we got to pity Donald Trump. You don't have to pity him at all. He can, he can die in prison and I won't think about him again. It doesn't make any difference. But uh, if you want to bring the country back together, you're not going to beat it out of people. No, it's not gonna no and you're not going to shame people either. 
right? That's the other thing that I have a real problem with on both sides, actually, honestly speaking, is like people are trying to shame the other side. Right. And, 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 and I, it, like, especially people. I think that's what Twitter does. It's the shaming. No, and yeah. that's where I think the problem is. Like, is like the Twitter. You are you stuff. are shameful for thinking this. As opposed, to, it's like you it are makes not it too anonymous. As opposed right. to actually, like, no. As opposed to basically telling people you're wrong, ask them why they feel the way they do. Yes. Like, and if they you are ask wrong, people, <laughs> like, but but but, but, say, but okay, this like, person is wrong. I want to know why you feel the way I, you what's do. What's the mechanism here? Because you act. And by the way, you may learn something from that process. And yeah, that is something exactly. that's important. So you always have to learn from other people's things. Right. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Like, what, what, I mean, what is this happens? boring, you guys? Obviously, I mean, like, we uh, still have our like, five followers. Are still it's little, not boring, yeah, still Chris. There. I was just asleep, so don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> sorry, I'm just snoozing. I, yeah, I mean, like, uh, yeah. I mean I, 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 should we stop <laughs> talking about politics and go the, back to the, the Keep? I mean, the, I like, the fascinating almost. thing about the Keep is that the movie addresses that in a very subtle way. It does, and you're right. And now I know where the rest of the two hours should have gone to or could have gone to. Yeah, right. Because like this, this problem, like they could have been talking about Israel, Palestine. They could have been talking about like uh, mm-hmm. the, the North Ireland and uh, the rest of Ireland. Mm-hmm. Like these are the kinds of uh, like baked in troubles I that, think that's that the, people I think can't get out of. You know, when you make that... when you make the choice to let the let the demon loose to kill the people you fear the most, like you're actually letting the demon loose in the whole world. Like that's the I point think of that the that conflict I think in the movie is the messages were. The same but different, and it, I can see the guy that produced it. I, I, like I said, I know him. I work with him, right. and it's like he, there's a definite message that he's getting across. But Michael Mann is a subtle message <laughs> artist. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I it's agree. Not, I agree with you. <laughs> it's not so. This is this, and it's wrong because they all share the same religion. Right. The producer and Michael Mann. It's just this is how I would tell of the injustice but at the same time right. weave it into this story right. where it's like no it's got to just be you know this and how wrong it is and so there's a kind of a blaring like this is the in- injustice whereas like in the one with tom cruise um uh and jamie fox michael Miller movie yeah like there's is so many textures oh, you know what i mean yeah, but a lot of those textures you can see coming, and then it's broken up by a scene where it's just straight nail on the head. You yeah, know? Totally. And it's like, oh, totally, totally. why'd you, why'd you do that? Why'd you do yep. that? Yep. Do you know what I mean? It's like there's Absolutely. no need for that. Yep. So, I th- and I, keep, I think Michael Mann would agree with you. I think that's what happened to the movie. You know, like I just guess, like, let oh. me tell my story. Like yeah, I right. literally have said that to the person I'm we're talking about. Like right. I, you know, if you like it enough. And that's why you signed yeah. on. Why, what, yeah, exactly. fucking, why, why, why are you endorsing me making this movie if you don't want yeah, me to make that movie? Fucking tell me. <laughs> let me fucking tell the story. Right. Exactly. You know. Otherwise, exactly. don't sign up. Right. You know. I don't want to yeah. be hustled. Yeah, and it's just agree. like it wastes the time, and then you make shit, and you know what? You walk away, and you'll get blamed. Right. It's not mm-hmm. worth because, it because you're right. Because like it's not like Michael Mann later becomes subtle. He's subtle in Thief. You know, like Thief is a very, very subtle movie, you know, and like the characterizations. It's a lot of beautiful characters that all yeah. weave together and you get the point at the end. But Absolutely. when you're asking constantly, no, no, it's got to be this because we got to just We're like, making a monster movie, God damn it. Yeah, yeah exactly. right. spell it out, spell it out. And it's, right. then it's, it, it's a confluence. It's a mixture of spelled right. out 
and subtle textures. But you right. cut those subtle textures out because you basically, you know, tied the hands with a zip tie, the director. Right. right. Which is so stupid. I don't understand it. There's so many smart people, so smart they're stupid. Well, they, they, they have an idea of what well, they for, think works. Right. Filmmakers are not actually smart. In no, no, no. Some not ways. Chris, Chris, how you define smart? Well, it depends. Okay. It depends. He, look, Chris, let me just. I've been talking look, about the executives my, and the producers part of things. These aren't. That, yes. The, the, but they're the, not filmmakers. They're not. They're not. They they're not be. the ones weaving they that be underlining textures. What right. I'm saying is if you hired this artist to paint the ceiling for you, right. let him let do him it. paint it. Let them paint the That's right. right. So like, don't intervene and don't well, like, create problems. Like, I think, wasn't it Michelangelo who literally spent the first eight months painting uh, the Sistine ceiling and somebody didn't like his approach to a lot of the characters' portrayal? And they hired people to mix the, um, the uh, stucco, I mean, the, um, the paint mixture because it was all done with, uh, mixed with like calcium carbonate. Wrong. So it flaked. Right. Right. So like, what's the point of that? Just say, yeah. I don't like the story you're I'm depicting. Just you do it. Right. Well, I want to switch you out. And right. and no, I'm going to let you do it, but I'm going to fuck you up. Right. And that's Hollywood too. And it's just right. like it'd be great to have a moment where, if you truly think he's a great filmmaker, just let him go. Let him, let him go. Yeah. Let him go. Because honestly, if it sucks, he'll never work again. He'll be working yeah. at a public library. But let him roll the dice and allow him the, the dignity to, to roll the dice. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, because, like, the, the movie that I really want out of the keep is the boat, right? <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, like, I want, that, I, want, I want the keep to be three and a half hours long, and I want it to have the flavor that he captures in that one little moment, you know? And, uh, and I want the, the, the texture that you're describing and the Which is this B-roll. It feels like B-roll. Yeah. But but he oh. cu- but he cut yeah. it in there very specifically, you know. Like it's his. It was his. He's like I can imagine him fighting for that shot to be that long. Well, hold he's on. Like, I don't. I didn't read thing. enough, Dan. Just to correct, I didn't read enough. Maybe somebody here. I'll put my glasses on because I'm 42 years old. I'm old. Well, um, the thing, the thing is, um, when he did the four-hour cut, I don't know what kind of power he had over the resulting cut. You know what I mean? If he provided a four-hour cut, did they say, you know, just come back later, we're going to recut it? Yeah, they sent him to Brazil to make a movie, you know? <laughs> like, oh, just go make it all true, and then uh, we'll take care of the rest of it for you. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what, what the... This is why I'm interested in that documentary. is like I really want to know what the follow-through was on this thing. Yeah, because Michael Mann just doesn't really talk about it very much. And the thing is, like, my, my feeling... Like, there are great producers, and the great producers aren't people that just... They sort of let the director do whatever. They are they back the director, like they yeah they're they are, they're a support team. They're a support team, and like and they have the they have a creative vision that put the director together with other people in the production. You know, like you look at uh, Kenneth Ut producing Silence of the Lambs. Like you watch the development of Silence of the Lambs, like it gets refined into being the crew and cast that it is because of the producers' work. Like until they finally find the right combination. Jonathan Demi, like originally it was like going to be Gene Hackman, and you're like, Gene Hackman is fucking Hannibal Lecter, like that doesn't. Play. Gene Hackman, you know, with Candy Bergen, and yeah. it would have been unbelievable. <laughs> like, but like it boils, like the producer boiled it down into some into a recipe that he knew would work, and then when the filming began, he's like, 
I have chosen the right people and I'm going to let them make the movie they are there to make. Like, why would I hire people that I don't trust? You know, like I put them together for a reason. I want this, I want this made this way. And they're in charge of doing that. Whereas like with the keep, it's obviously fucked with from the get go, you know, and you get these little glimpses where Michael Mann comes above water and goes, oh, I just, oh, oh, and then he's down again. He's you know? drowned. Yeah. He's drowned. You know, but I, but it is, it is like, there is, you know, Chris, I think you're right. Like there's a, there's a moral core to this movie that I really, uh, uh, am in tune with. And I, wish that they would find a way to make this movie again, you know, and, and say the things that the movie hints at saying, uh, instead of turning into sort of a shitty monster movie, um, make it into something that Michael Mann would make, you know, cause I think it's really, it's, it's in there, but it's very deeply hidden. And the only thing I do is say like, buy a copy of the keep and watch it a lot. And then you'll feel the way that I do. Mm. You know, I don't a, think that would happen to me. That's just me. I oh, just don't have that kind of time. Like there's, <laughs> there's other films I'd rather watch. You know what I mean? Sure, like, sure. like my, 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 my two hour increments. What, what was the, uh, uh, what's the movie about a boy? No, is it about a boy? Remember that? Mm-hmm. With Hugh Grant. With Hugh Grant. Yeah. 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 Whereas like my, my time is, you know, like 10 minute increments. Like, yeah, like, right. like, yeah. like, like I like a haircut, you know, five, five time units or whatever it is, or, you know, like, so, so I don't have that, like, I don't have that kind of time. I can't watch shitty movies. I don't right. have that kind of time and say, maybe if I watch it enough, then it's going to, start to be see it, better yeah. because like that involves too much of my time to get it there. And <laughs> I know, I know it's like, I'm arguing like, no, taste this roast beef, but it was in the garbage. Yeah. But if you chew on it long enough, you'll chase the little. Yeah. 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 But beef. you saw the potential of what this roast beef could have been is like, no, can I just have a good piece of roast beef? So, so, so you're right. I mean, that's the problem, right? It's like, I don't, and, and I do appreciate the fact that we brought these, the, the, these movies to light in this episode, because I'm not recommending these movies. I'm not recommending Legend. I'm not recommending to keep as right. things you need to watch. But I am saying that it is worth going back and looking at things that were probably not good and right. find the good in them. Yeah, if you're if you're into it, especially if you're yeah. a if you're a deep fan of Michael Mann like I am, or if you're a big fan of Ridley Scott, like these are great movies to sort of like just chew on when you got the time to do it. Right. I mean, I made you, my you students watch Legend, and it's a terrible movie, but I only did right. it because I wanted them to see like what you can do with color. Like, right. if you can do beautiful things with color, right. and, and how to compose color, because I mean, like, you can take any shot out of Legend and go like, oh my god, that's beautiful. Right. Like it, it, it's this concept art, and in fact, that's actually something I've been Pierre arguing. Pierre or Maxfield Parrish. Well, done. that's another thing that I can actually say about like specifically filmmaking today. There, or let's go to uh, the 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 recent make of uh, um, uh, Ghost in the Shell, right? Oh yeah, right. Right, gorgeous. Every frame of that film is gorgeous. Yep. Because totally, it's all totally made by fantastically talented concept artists, yes, but they never really, actually really. made a film out of yeah. it. Certainly, they, they just never made, made as good as the original movie, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, but just but, watch the original movie and watch the good movie. Yeah, but they made it based on concept art as opposed to an actual composed right. story, right? Which is only part of filmmaking, right? You know? Like it's just a part of the business, and like I mean, it's great to like I'm okay with that in terms of like you know like like I said with Prometheus, like I've I've seen Prometheus a lot. I don't watch it with the sound on because i can't hear those characters talk 
They're so fucking irritating. It's horrible. You know, even even before you get into like logic problems, which there are plenty of, like the the characters are just irritating to be around, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, but like you, I swear to God, you just put on the soundtrack, which is great, and you leave that thing playing on a big TV. That's a beautiful, beautiful work of art. Right. Absolutely, through and through. Totally. I can do. You know, I can play some Pink Floyd and put on. uh, You know. Yeah, like uh, uh, Wizard of Oz. Wizard yeah, exactly. of Oz. Yeah, it's totally the same experience. Absolutely. You know, and like uh, that's, I think that's a legitimate way to appreciate that movie for sure. And the thing is, and if you want to see the good movie, by the way, and I know that brought this up last time, look up the uh, the edit Paradise by Joe Bullens. Like that's the edit of those two movies that and Covenant together, and you get a good oh, movie. Oh wait, what? Oh oh, I lost what? I lost. Uh, oh crap! What? I don't know. I lost part of our. Oh shit! <laughs> it gave up when I heard it was politics. No. <laughs> Let's see. Uh oh. We've lost about an hour of our podcast. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! It's live performance just for you guys. <laughs> I just realized that our our, our, our squad cast only has two hours, and we're almost oh, at three no. hours. Look at that. There it is. Uh, thank you guys, uh, McMonkey Man and uh, Jason and everybody for hanging on. That was a unique Martini Giant performance just oh, for you. But you know what I'm going to do, though? <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? Uh, sorry about all this stuff. Is I'm going to try to salvage it. And I think I can salvage this uh, by basically uh, ripping the Twitch stream and... Uh, and downloading that, and then finding the uh, and like like inserting the last hour. So this is actually a good experiment. Like how this this might have happened. Uh, okay, cool. I can. I think I can salvage this. Yeah, if like I can't, is, if I, I can can't, I apologize. I apologize to everyone. I don't know. I think I think that we uh, we just gave a a, a great uh, uh, sort li- little. Um, Little studio performance for an elite crew of hardcore followers. I don't feel bad about that at all. <laughs> right. Wow, I uh, love the way you candy coated that. That's awesome. That's pretty good. That's, that's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Candy, candy <laughs> burgundy. <it. laughs> candy burgundy, baby. Uh, See, uh, Jason, Jason appreciates what I'm saying. That's Jason, right. Jason, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this uh, is for you, my man. All right. Our biggest, so, our biggest supporter on, on uh, Twitter as well. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, wish now we're. Oh gosh, how long have we been doing this for a while? Uh, we should start thinking about uh, what uh, we want to do for the next episode. It's with my daughter. Yes. Oh yes, that's right. So we're doing uh, this invasion of the body snatchers, and what else? The original invasion plus Beetlejuice. Uh, plus Beetlejuice. Yes. Okay. Excellent. So Beetlejuice and the nineteen fifty. What what year is it? Seven or something? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 50, yeah, I think fifty-seven. I think that sounds about right. With uh, Kevin McCarthy. Uh, invasion of the body snatchers. Okay, guapo. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, they don't make them like that anymore. Now, I now I do want to ask Eric. You are not a fan of the '79, is that right? Only when uh, Donald Sutherland goes at the end. Uh, Other than that, I was not. Yeah, not down with that one. I understand. The first one is cool, and it was like shot in Brentwood and stuff like that. That's awesome. It's true. I am. I am a super fan of the '79 edition, but I totally hear where you're coming from, and I also love the like from for the for me that those two. And that has what's his name? Uh, 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 
Sam uh, Peckinpah in. The first one has Peckinpah in it. Oh yeah, that's right. You said that sounds amazing. Yeah, like for, for me, the those two movies are like um, uh, the fifties version of the thing, the Howard Hawks version, and the uh, and the eighty two version of the thing. Like I love them both. I lean one way, but I love them both. But I'm definitely down for talking about the black and white one. It's terrific, terrific movie. Yeah, yeah. it's been a and long also, time since I've seen the black and white version of the thing. I don't know if Dave 3D guy is uh, listening at the moment, but I know that he is a um, a fan of the um, of Jack Finney, uh, who wrote the book Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I have read Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the book, and I highly recommend that book. So if you guys get a chance to check that out, it's very short and totally awesome. Right, really, really good old sci-fi. Are, 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 is this time? I mean, I guess, I mean, we don't have a huge amount of followers. I know that Jason and uh, and. <laughs> And everyone uh, will, will still be here. But uh, what about for you guys? Is this time of day and everything work for you guys in terms of Saturdays, like to make this work? That's uh, I know McMonkey Man is on our uh, our coast, so right. uh, so that's probably uh, a reasonable time. Okay, uh, but I'm not sure, Jason. You're at in I, I want to say New Mexico. Is that right? Something yeah. like that. All right. So I'm just wondering, like, okay, if we just the thing is, like, what I've learned about, uh, uh, what I've been reading about uh, um, uh, Twitch is that y- you got to keep consistency across things so that people can keep watching it, whatever. So, if we do it, uh, if if we switch to Saturday afternoons, you know, f- uh, f- for us in, uh, in, in on the West Coast, then that's what it is. I just want to make sure that, that that's what we. You do. tell me, guys. I'll adapt. I know, but I don't want to. I, I also want to make it. Uh, enjoyable to you too, Eric. So. No, 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 no. It's fine. I just put, take a lot of medication and drink. Yeah. Let's say, man. That's how we get this done. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. He's um, in Arizona. No, it's fine. Yeah. Works for me in Arizona. That's right, Arizona. Uh, okay. Works for me in AZ. That should be Weekend a is probably better. Plus, we're getting a lot more going. Right. Yeah, Weekend's definitely like I, my days are getting stretched super thin all of a sudden. Like, what the fuck happened? Like, uh, it's like, oh, yeah. I'm working from home, so now I can do a lot more. And then suddenly no, I dude, took on way more than I can oh, chew. Oh, man, Sam. My, my schedule is packed, packed, packed. Oh, I was like, uh, what the f- – yeah. And yeah. I'm going to say it – oh, so uh, I'm going to say it right now. I'm, I'm sure that uh, McMonkey Man means MC Monkey Man. But McMonkey Man just is easier to – more fun to say. Uh, it says uh, all about the scheduling like it's an actual show. I think this is an excellent point. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, if if you guys are like, okay, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't go out to dinner with you guys because because uh, COVID nineteen or because I want to actually watch, uh, 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 you know, Martini Giant. Then I'm glad that that's possible. However, <laughs> I did figure out how to do the VODs, and so this one is actually officially going to be our first VOD. Based on what I've learned, uh, VODs will disappear off of. Which after 14 days, so mm-hmm. it's just there uh, for so uh, we technically should be recording one once a week or so. Uh, yeah, we could do twice if you guys want or have the energy to build I'm up. A, you yeah, do, I mean, but I'm, I don't. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, I'm I am I am so interested in the movie hosting section that I am uh, I am perfectly willing to do a movie hosting on times when we cannot get together i will still that would be awesome i'd love to help you and i could do cool graphics and watch it and we could talk i'd love to do it i'm down for that so like um yeah because there's there's loads of great junk on prime that'd be really really fun to 
to dig through with folks. Um, so if you, if not an episode episode, then you'll get me and uh, and uh, either one of you guys or both of you guys. Chatting yeah. Over no. Nonsense. What if we did it like I was mentioning earlier, like we scrugs it. Yeah, <laughs> we right. could do that. The thing is, like, it's Super honestly scrugs. speaking, like, I gotta figure out the audio thing because the, the it's very challenging, like, to watch a movie and to talk about a movie at the same time, uh, and. Uh, not just for me in terms of my brain, but also in terms of my computer or whatever. Just technologically, we have an issue. How right. to do it. Because like, either I have like one headset from one input and another headset from another input. That's the only way that I can technically make yeah. it work. I totally get it. And, it's, and listen, I'm not a technically inept person. It's just like... You are completely apt compared to me, so don't worry. So I'm just struggling. Like It's a lot of stuff for me to digest right now, so I don't know how to... But it's that stuff way. that we're not doing, you're doing, so I'm okay with it. So I'm totally fine with that. That's great. I make <laughs> uh, well, I will, I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. I will, st- I will host these things. They will not be recorded. This is just... I like talking about... I, it I will, yeah, I would love to join you, Dan, because I think it would be great. Okay, and uh, and uh, oh, if so you would do it? You're saying doing it not Twitch? Yeah, I can host it for my own Twitch channel. I'll just put it up on um, on. The, I'll tweet it. Oh, and it'll be it'll and then be, and um, then what we can do is then you do we all do it. Okay. Yeah, just to like if we want to fill in the fill in the gap, I'll uh, I'll pick a movie and uh, host host a movie on um, on my Twitch. Right. Um, and because I'm still sticking it. to every two weeks for Martini Giant. Yeah, totally. For now. I mean, no, that's fine, uh, but we're recording next weekend, right? We are recording next weekend, yeah. That, I mean, at least that's my goal. Yeah, I also then, would love to get the stuff out, like the links that we talk about. There's so many cool things that people might dig. Right. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's great to be able to put it in the feed, at very least. I think that's what it Oh, has. the website has to be renewed, and I'll, I'll hit that up, Chris, but I want to talk to you guys about the site, and I'll send you guys an email about that. Okay. Yeah, otherwise someone's going to hold that hostage and we're going to end up being like Martini Giante. Giante. <laughs> Giante. Forward slash. Martini Genitalia. <laughs> oh, God. That's taken. I already bought that one. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, – yes, absolutely. Uh, because believe it or not, it's coming up on two years that, oh. uh, that we've done this. Not bad. Not yeah, bad. it's been a lot of fun. Still yep. enthusiastic and excited. And that that is two years that it's been independent of CG Garage. That's more specifically what it's. That's been. true, because we actually did some CG uh, for, for Garage a couple, episodes for yeah. a year before that, or more than yeah, a year. That's right. That. Um, yeah, CG Garage is now coming up on six years. <laughs> I have. Uh, I've I have spent been, a I, lot of time in front of this microphone. Hello, microphone. This is that's your life right there. It's uh, it's good luck. It is it's good luck. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, excellent, guys. I'm um, I'm very happy about that. That was super fun. I uh, I again, please uh, watch the keep if you have not seen it, and then you can tweet at us and tell me I'm crazy at um, uh, Martini uh, uh, Giant at Martini Giant on Twitter. Yep. You can uh, get us on Instagram at um, Martini underscore Giant, and you can um, uh, 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 write to us at. Uh, uh, podcast at martinigiant.com with any longer questions. Yes. Uh, and more, most importantly, actually, I want to like uh, twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant is our Twitch channel. And That's right. we are planning on uh, trying to put, you know, 
we're still new to this. This is only our second episode, so stand by. But we're basically planning on putting out uh, recordings on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Western time, so Pacific time. So look look that up and, and do your, the conversion uh, wherever you're, you're living. But that is basically what we're trying to do. So uh, we will do that. And uh, between Eric and I, we will work on the graphics on that. And we will basically put up images as like, okay, next episode or just so you know what it is. But we would love for you guys to go, if you guys are Twitch subscribers, go and subscribe to us so that you guys know more about it. Uh, and, and promote. And promote us on there. Yeah, share it, share it out. And, and I know that uh, Jason and Monkey Man, uh, McMonkey Man. Yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, have been, have been really have been really great at, at, at yeah. contributing to this. And it's actually been a really great experience to have those guys uh, uh, involved, oh, even though exciting. they're just in the chat. Yep. And being able to engage with them, so uh, uh, you yeah, know, thank you guys very, very much. It's really so, it, like so, it keeps everything rocking and rolling, very inspiring to talk. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and, and you know, you guys sometimes like, oh crap, look this up. So what do you think? You know, and so yeah. just and being, involved in, being involved <laughs> exactly. in that would be really good. Our old brands, but yeah, and, and also uh, uh, Dave Three D Guy pointed out uh, something to me earlier, which was that uh, we have not yet put out one of the episodes that is uh, uh, Twitch recorded yet. So many of our listeners don't yet know, as we're recording this, that we are on Twitch. They will get it once they right. download the episode. So I'm saying to the people that are downloading the episode right now and are hearing this for the first time, uh, please pass the word around that we are on Twitch. Like right. this is a, like I think that this is a more exciting way to interface with everybody, and we've had a lot more and even even better time um, doing this than uh, usual. I think also time. something I was thinking about, like so maybe like do some prints or something, Chris. And then maybe send it to people who have been loyal. Oh, yeah, dude. That'd be great. Of some of the artwork or something. Yeah. Who would we choose? I wonder. <laughs> no, what I'm saying, no, but I'm saying maybe some, one of our cool images, do something cool and send it to people just to thank them, like the early people. Oh, without a doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's super, super exciting. You guys have been nonstop supporters of us, and it's, uh, I'm, I'm excited yeah. in this new phase of Martini Giant. Uh, yeah, especially like, you know, yeah, you Monkey Man and Jason, because you guys have been contributing yeah, most of the conversation. Definitely. definitely if you yeah. guys have an image that, that, that Eric has created that is particularly hilarious or, just logo or something, stuff, and you would like that, let us know what it is, it. and we'll make it, we'll, we'll send you a print of that. Yeah, How's that sound? I'm, I'm actually going to say it right now. We're going to send you a print of that. So, Perfect. Because so yeah, I actually might end up with a printer soon, a really uh, a higher end printer. Yeah. So if I do, I could print my stuff out. And I'll just send it out because you guys have been That's wonderful. That's super exciting. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a uh, I'm gonna if you get one from um, uh, uh, Thrawn Film at uh, Twitch TV, it's not me. It's a friend of mine. Right. <laughs> I would like any of Eric's drawings in my mall. They're beautiful drawings. Yeah. That'd think about cool. think just about what you want though. Like make a make make a print and then Eric will print it for you guys and we'll send it to you personally. Monkey <laughs> Man is already like horse oh, shit. <laughs> Hor- a, a full horseshack. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Mr. Cotter. <laughs> yeah. Now that's so, cool, guys. You guys were here from the very beginning. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and and so so we'll, we'll And I know Chris doesn't appreciate it, but damn. No, I, 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 I don't appreciate it because these these are all just <laughs> texts like on the screen. They're not the real people. They're not, not real people. people. This, so we, uh, this is actually a pre-recorded conversation, and it's amazing that it's all synced up like this. It's all true. It's all yeah. true. Yeah. All right, fellas, is that uh, have we have we successfully completed the keep and legend? 
I, I, I believe so. I'm hoping I can salvage the audio oh, to this to make quickly, it a podcast. Before you go, <laughs> Dan. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. Hit it. Oh, wow. he, I, he says, before you go, Dan, and he walks and off mic. <laughs> yes. I will share some stills. I, um, I worked on Sky Captain for two years. Oh, nice. Just to show yeah. you, I have all the storyboards. Oh, my oh. God. Look at that. Look at this set. I, so I, good, I, dude. I have them. And um, I have, you might have to blip it out, but I have some originals. But I will send you, look how cool this stuff is. John oh, it's gorgeous. Artist. Yeah, and I found them in my studio. I was like, whoa, you remember this? Look at that. Yeah, it's just that. a Sharpie nice, with nice. one pencil. So I'll it, take man. some photos for you, but it's definitely, um, we'll share links. If we can find a way to share cool links that inspire us, it'd be great. Like the, the Pierre Gillet and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah actually. No and any of our, our followers, if they have, you know, if they have hints about how they can make this Twitch work better and we can do more things and tell us technically what we can do. Uh, I That'd want that cool. information too, right? So yeah. I think we kind of like super glued this thing together and it's still working. And you, I think you guys are... Uh, yeah, and we'll talk offline. Dan and Chris, I'll send you guys emails about the website because I think we could share links and stuff on the website if I upgrade it. Oh, I have some ideas yeah, about yeah, 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 yeah. Got and, it. And integrate with the Twitch. So there's some okay. things I've been thinking because I use a, a program called Webflow and it, just some ideas so let, okay. we'll talk about that later yeah and uh, we'll do it this, this week is, let's let's fun let's let's do a let's do a little and you know uh, why i was very talkative today chris what's that because i started drinking 15 minutes before the show okay it loosens me up yeah that's <laughs> how to do it baby <laughs> it's called alcohol i didn't Which, know anything about it until now. yeah some of us have heard of this yes it's true it's a truth it's serum right. is what it's this called this is called <laughs> oh it's empty did you drink a whole Boom. bottle of wine while you were with us yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because there are, is cool. more. Once it empties, you can always just Don't grab worry. another. Plenty of wine left. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I finished my uh, my, my It goes stout. through your kidneys so fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lord sakes, yeah. dude. So I, I, I got my Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Thank God I have three oh. livers. Oh. Um, <laughs> like Mickey Mantle. Um, so, uh, yeah, there we go, guys. It was a lot of fun. That was awesome. A tasty link section. Okay, first of all, I would like to thank uh, Mikey Man and Jason for uh, yeah, you guys Man for, for being hanging out with us and doing this. And yes, we do owe you, and and we will we will pay you back with some uh, some prints, uh, and and uh, uh, totally totally make that happen, right, Eric? We're gonna make that happen. Yep, we're gonna make that happen. Do that. And by the way, just I think let us a huge know. Visual... Just, 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 just DM us on Twitter or, or wherever your social is. Let us know what specific image you would like, and 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 we will make that happen. Is that is that? I also fair? think there's such a visual component to what we talk about because we're always referencing from architecture to art to films. And I think by 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 putting that down and saying, "Look, this is the Pierre Gillet, or this is Libius Woods, or this is the right. film I love," Dan, it's like, "Oh, there you go." Right. And it just becomes a library. Right. No, I think it's great. I think this, uh, I think Twitch is where it's got to be at. I'm very happy about it. And I think. Um, and we'll get that reflected on the website. Amen. Amen. All right, gentlemen. Beautiful work. Guys, be safe. Good to see everybody. Thank you, everybody online, too. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Love to everyone. All right, you guys ready? Let's do yes. It. Drink. Talk. Drink. Drink.